0: Everything everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3.
1: Welcome into a Friday edition of RP3 and Company. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for Raymond Parks III, who's taking a much-deserved vacation day today. After my man been in Atlanta, SEC media days, New Orleans for Sunbelt media days, finally get some time off. RP3, I hope you enjoy. We're going to have a lot of fun today right here on 103.7 The Game without our main man, RP3. But of course, we're going to keep one thing consistent. That way, she keeps us in line. Miss Hannah, five names is going to still be with us, keeping us in line behind the glass and running those ones and twos. What kind of fun are we going to have? Well, of course, we're going to talk about the Astros and Mariners from last night. But before I get to that, let me tell you the guest that we have in store for you. Of course, we got the main man, James Yasko. Astro County of Lima Time Podcast is going to join us, and we'll talk about that Mariners game, but we'll also talk about the trade deadline. What are the Astros going to look to add? Big bat, maybe a first baseman, maybe some outfield help. Back in the bullpen, setup guy. There's a lot of different talks going on on which direction the Strohs are going to go. It'll be interesting. What are they willing to part with? Very young pitching staff with a lot of control is uh, very enticing for a lot of organizations around the league. Be interesting to see if they move uh, Jose Uquerti, Christian Javier maybe a Jose Siri, a big bat in the outfield that they have right now that's back in the minors. So that'll be interesting, and James Yasko will be able to tell us that. That's at 7.02. At 7.32, my guy, Tony Corville, the head honcho for Cancrow High Football is going to join us, and we're going to talk about the Golden Bears. Moving back up to 5A, what does that mean? What does it mean that they're going to be in that you know discussion of uh, you know select non-select? We'll see what coach Tony Coraville has to say about his Golden Bears. And at 8:15, friend of the show, Nick is going to join us. yeah, he's a degenerate just like the rest of us. We're going to talk gambling. We're going to talk about cashing tickets and what kind of plays Nick likes this weekend and see if maybe we can't make a little coin with his picks as well. And of course, We want to get all you guys involved right here on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And what we want to talk about, I want to talk about the most annoying fan bases. Who do you hate? Who do you can't stand just because of their fan base is so annoying? Look, I'll be the first one to say it. I'm a huge homer, LSU Tiger fan. I know as a Tiger fan that LSU fans can be annoying. I expect to hear that. I'm an Astros fan, for Christ's sakes. I expect some folks to call in and talk about, you know, banging on trash cans. But guess what, boys? Don't get your panties in a knot. Don't freak out. You call in and get your take in and let us know who you think the most annoying fan base is at the game hotline at 337 706 0-1-1-1. And of course, if you oh so dare to brave over and watch us on the simulcast, you can head on over to 32.3 Stadium Network and, of course, on LUS Fiber 133. Now that I got that all out of the way, Hannah, I've been dying to talk about this since you walked in. I noticed you just, hey, walked in, turned on the lights, went sit in the behind the glass, and, hey, you know, you, you acted busy the whole time, but... What a ball game last night. The Houston Astros were able to prevail and come ahead victorious. Led by Alex Bregman. Two-run jack in the first inning. Followed a yard-on double. And guess what? With the score tied 2-2 at the bottom of the eighth, the man, Alex Bregman, drove in Yuli Gurriel on a double and later came came around to score on a wild pitch where he looked to get a little injured, was able to stay in the ball game. And then Ryan Presley... Sat down 32 in a row before giving up a single. Bet at the end, closing out the Mariners for a 4-2 victory for the Houston Astros in Minute Maid Park.
2: See, I had the the plan was if my team won last night, I was going to wear my Mariners shirt my mom got me for my birthday. And then I looked at the score because I don't have cable, so I couldn't even watch the game. So I'm literally just looking at play-by-play on MLB Network. And when I saw it, it was two two, and I saw the three go in for the Astros. I was like, oh! So I turned my phone off. Woke up this morning. I saw four two. I said, damn it! So a dress. It was no longer where I was going to wear my banner shirt when we did not win last night. Well, I'm I, upset, but it's I, fine. I thought
1: about if it makes you feel any better. I thought about bringing you an Astros shirt to, to wear no, for no, the no. show today. No, no,
2: no, I, no, don't do that to me. No, Sh-
1: no. Stros go and crush the dreams. In Seattle, beginning of the week, only to get swept in Oakland midway through. I don't know. That, yeah, You know, that, I, baseball's I, a funny sport, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I was waiting for hopefully to win the first game because we just swept the Rangers and then they got swept by the Athletics. So I was like, all right, maybe we have a chance at least win this one game because they're already down in the slumps anyway. It's fine. And then they won and I was like, no. But, I mean, we're still up. Three, two, now of series games. So, I mean, you're gonna have to win the series in order to for us to tie, even for series-wise against us. So, I y- y- can't say y'all oh, y'all y'all have our number now, because we've been bashing y'all real good this year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, we live in a world of what have you done for me lately? And lately, the Houston Astros have been able to put it to the Mariners. And last night, led by Jose Uquirti, eight quality starts in a row in that span, having a 2.6 ERA. He's been awfully good, but there's rumors right now about possibly getting moved at the trade deadline. And you know, you, you kind of wonder how that really affects players. And, and last night, Jose, Uquerti he, he knows he, he admitted, he said, I got all the social media and I saw it. If something happens, let's see. You know, he, he said he understands baseball's a business hopes to stay in, in Houston for a long time. And after last night's performance, I, I think Astros fans are saying, hey, maybe we shouldn't get rid of this guy. I know we might need oh, yeah. a, a batter, too. And, and you know, James Jaskill is going to be able to dive in deeper with us on that at 7:02 about what the Astros look to do at the deadline and to see if, you know, indeed Euclid is a piece that they're maybe willing to, to move, but – uh Either way, I was super pumped. I wasn't looking forward to waking up early, coming, sitting here, and having to see you gloat about the Seattle oh, Mariners. Yeah.
2: You should see me gloating when we were on our hot streak. <laughs> oh, I was gloating. I probably wore that row, shirt. Right? I think three days in a row because I was so excited about my team.
1: <laughs> hey, look! When you're on a hot streak like that, and you you catch a heater, fourteen in a row, you don't you don't wash the you don't wash your shirts. you, you wear the same oh, thing. Yeah. You keep the same pattern. I mean the last time they won that many games in a row was a historical year for, for the Mariners where they won 100 you know what 19 games that year I think so with, with, with Griffey and, and that squad so uh, look this is still a young team you know who oh, Rodriguez yeah. is a lot of fun to watch um, he missed uh, you know a lot of games uh, at the beginning of the Astros series early in the week seems to be back in healthy now Oh, yeah. Who's your favorite player? Is that, oh, Julio. Julio's sure. your dude, right? Oh, yeah.
2: Because yeah. I was, when I decided, because we did like a whole poll question, like two or three of them for two weeks for me to decide what my baseball team was going to be. And it's actually when I actually decided and I said out loud on the show that I was going to become a Mariners fan was the same day that Julio Rodriguez signed the paper. Like come to the major leagues, like so to be you was on the ready team. To roll right. Oh yes, yeah. so we were all like, all right, we got this. Got so this like, young he's been guy. With my dude since the beginning. Yeah, hey, look, we we're here together. <laughs> Ride
1: with him, huh? You know, like hey, oh, the, yeah. right from the beginning. And he's a lot of fun to watch. He, he's going to be a guy that plays for a long time and and be very successful in the major leagues. What what ultimately you know drove you to the Mariners out of your other decisions?
2: Uh, so I, of course I stapled off at the beginning. I was not going to go for like a really big. Franchise. So I was going to the Yankees or the Mets or the Dodgers. I was going for that. And then I already knew, top of that, Foot is a major Astros fan, diehard Astros fan. Ray is a for fan. I was like, well, I can't do that. If I go in the same team, then it's not as fun. Right. Because as much banter. Yes. So I went and I had listed a couple options. I was at, you know, basically looked at uniforms. I am a woman. So, like, I went to uniforms, not as much to like stats and all that because I'm still learning that. But one of our, like, usual Twitter commenters, JBK, the OD, was like, well, you know, they are really, you know, the manners are teal. And I was like, teal's my favorite color. So, basically, uniforms and teal. <laughs> we like, yep, boom. All Stable. in.
1: <laughs> I love it. All in. Oh, yeah. And you like the good folks of Acadiana help you out with that and of course we'd love to hear from you guys on the game hotline at 337-706-0111 wait you could call in we could talk Astros Mariners I'm all about that we could talk about that all morning if you want you could also call in and talk about the most annoying fan bases so in your brief fandom of the Seattle Mariners who is your least favorite fan base in the MLB and why is it the Yankees?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you would think. It's, it's honestly, it's a really big toss up between the Red Sox and the Yankees because we have two people that like want to shove down your throat to be a Yankees fan and a Red Sox fan. And I'm like, no, it's not happening. So there's annoying for just having, they're calling in five million times. telling of their teams are better than mine.
1: When it comes to the major league, I agree with that. Right. Cause I, there's a lot of Yankees and a lot of Red Sox fans here locally, as well as the Cubs. And I, you know, I got a bunch of friends that are are fans of of all three of those teams. So I, naturally, I dislike those three <laughs> three fan bases because they you know they give me a lot of a lot of grief about the Stros and, um, and and whatnot. But I, I, those guys are just so you know, <sighs>
2: like stop.
1: You know they yeah. <laughs> let it go, right? Like let it go.
2: Like you I, got it. You're hot right now. It's okay. Cool. Good for you.
1: You know, and I, I those guys love to talk when their teams are winning. Oh, Those yeah. three fan bases love. You don't hear them. They won't shut up on social media. They uh-huh. are retweeting and posting galore when their teams are winning. But, boy, when it's not going their way, it's crickets. Oh, yeah. It is crickets. You don't hear much from them. Got to give it to the, the Yanks yesterday. Walk-off bomb by Andrew Judge, who is absolutely on fire. Hate to say it. Hate to see it. Right, but he is uh, MVP caliber year, and he's going to get paid this off season. Be interesting though, Juan Soto, where he ends up. You know, if the the Yanks really do make a move for him, not really likely now that they got Ben Tendy, But what does that say? What kind of money or coin can they offer to the big fella, Andrew Judge? Astros, a lot of their young guys are under contract and under. You know, they they're mm-hmm. not really worried about. Um, contracts ending at the end of the season, especially their young guys. I mean, they're locked up on Alvarez for an absolute steal. The pitching staff, uh, a lot of arms under, under control for a while. Alex Bregman under control for a while. Altuve under control for a while. So, in, interesting times right now, especially. Another thing is, you know, Michael Brantley's injury is going to really force the Astros, I, I feel, to make a move for an outfielder. Um, you, you know, a lot, of, a lot of talk has been made of, of Yuli Gurriel, Injury, uh, not really injury, but just playing poorly. Led the league last year in batting, right? Batting champion in the AL. Still leads this team in doubles. Been pretty hot over the last couple weeks. I don't think that's a bat that you want to really take out the lineup on a day to day basis. Even if they get somebody like a Josh Bell, which I don't think they're going to get, I think there's other options out there. Um, I think you see them kind of platoon um, him and, and the bat they pick up, as well as, as Jordan with DH and maybe playing him a little bit in left field, especially with Brantley out with the injury. So getting back to annoying fan bases, and, and we talked to MLB and you gave me your your take on annoying fan bases in the MLB. Is there another fan base? I know we probably got to get to a break quickly, but was there just another fan base in in you know, NFL, NBA, maybe a college fan base that you just say, Shh, man, these guys – they just get on oh, yeah. my last nerve. Is there somebody for you that just stands out?
2: I can't stand the Cowboys fans. Oh can't stand man, it. can't. I can't. I had a a manager working with me, and he was a Cowboys fan. And every time I saw anything, you know, talking down on them or like saying something about them being trash or anything, I immediately would like post it or like retweet it to show him because I was like, <laughs> dude, here you go. And then they would win. I'm like, dude, nah. No, nope,
1: no. Leave me don't low. want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> don't. When's the last time you won something meaningful?
2: <laughs> right. I'm like, what are you doing? It's funny as
1: fans, you know, we, we change the, we move the goalposts, we change the parameters. You know, you, you, when you talk trash, it, it might be, hey, I, we're, you know, this record against this team this season. We have a, this record over the last five years. We've, we won a, you know, championship in this last time frame. It depends. Your argument can change based oh, on the yeah. trash you want to talk. So it, it's always fun. But I, I want to hear from everybody in Anna. So don't forget to call up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. We're going to jump to our first break of Friday. But when we come back, I want to jump in and talk about Jay Johnson and these portal transfers that he's getting. He's the portal king. getting. Paul Skinnish yesterday. We're going to talk about that on the other side, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free
0: The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 103.7 Lafayette and one zero four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
3: My friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite, they're looking to earn your business and trust me, earn it, they will. You know, they already take care of you for your kitchen countertops and your bathroom countertops. Great marble countertops. Take those rooms to another level, right? You already know that. But did you know that they can also take care of your man cave, take care of your outdoor living space, and make that the envy of the neighborhood? We all know you love to entertain in the falls for football. College on Saturday, pros on Sunday. Why not do it in style? Why not have the spot for friends and family to come over? They're going to want to come over to your house. They're going to leave their place and be at your place to watch games. Lafayette, Marble & Granite can help you with that. Go visit their website, LMGElite.com. That's LMGElite.com. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. You can check out all the great products and services that they have to offer. Or you can simply stop by their showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford and the Jockey Lot. It's Lafayette, Marble, and Granite. They're looking to
1: earn your business, and trust me, earn it they will. Welcome back in for the Friday edition of RP3 and Company. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for the main guy, Raymond the Third. Got my girl Hannah with us, and we're having a great time so far on this Friday morning. We want to hear from you still, talk about the most annoying fan bases, and that could be in, you know, MLB, NBA. NFL, college, or whatever have you. Who is the most annoying fan bases out there? You could call us up and talk to us about it on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And I think we have our first caller. Who wants to jump in and play on the sandbox on this Friday morning?
4: Hey, Mr. Blaine Vietor. How you doing, buddy? How's
1: it going, Mr. Martin?
4: Yeah, it's your number one Red Sox fan. Now, I I heard... (laughs) with y'all a little conversation that y'all just had just now. And I'm going to go ahead and say the most annoying (laughs) fan bases is the New York Yankee fan base. And that's not even close.
1: We can agree with that, right?
4: Because, I mean, we had my buddy Paul show up at the birthday bash with bandwagon transfer forms, begging and pleading of find names to join the Yankees bandwagon that's, like I've been saying since the beginning of the season, going absolutely nowhere. It's just about a time before the wheels fall off that wagon. Because like I told Paul the other day, y'all can't beat a playoff contender to save y'all life. Y'all beat all the, gr- the scrub teams. I mean, of course y'all gonna have 100 wins. I mean, you beat scrub teams. Y'all don't play nobody. And when y'all do, y'all, y'all get y'all faces crushed in. But Red Sox fans, we are not gonna force our fandom on nobody. If they wanna jump aboard a a a, a team that gets blown out 28 to five, I mean, go or by all means, go ahead because I'm laughing at right now because uh, I've never seen that before, 28 to five. I'm still upset about that and I'm gonna be upset for a long time because uh, the way they lost and how they lost, I mean, there's no excuse for it. M- and I've been calling for. I've been calling for Alex Cora's job for the the beginning of the season. So I was going to uh, ask: is that,
1: is that the issue? There's so many so many problems right now with the, with the Boston Sox. Errors in the field are atrocious. It, it seems like every game there's just ridiculous error after ridiculous error. Who like who's to blame? Is it a mental thing? You know they have ta- talent well, there. I mean, well, Devers all, is one of the best players all, in baseball.
4: Well, also I mean we got four pitches out, but like I told Foot the other day, I mean. If, I mean, a pitcher's only as good as his defense is, just like in football, a quarterback's only as good as his old line is. You know, a uh, perfect example, Joe Burrow. You know, I mean, he still had a, a good season with probably one of the worst offensive lines in NFL history, you know. But when you when you overrun in first base, when you not, I mean, when you're when you not catching pop-ups, and then just watching the ball fall behind you and waiting for your teammate to go and pick it up. I mean, that, that's managerial issues right there. Like I, when I saw that, it reminded like me
1: of a little emoji. You know, the guy with his arms just up like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, is somebody going to yeah, come like get this, cares. right? Yeah, I mean, come on, huh? So do you want to see now, the Bo Sox make some moves for some young guys at, at the break, or what, what, what's your opinion on what they should do with, well, with this roster?
4: We need. I mean, hopefully our pitching staff can get healthy, uh, but we need to fix the errors. Uh, I mean, we got a lot of rookies that's. I mean, uh, that that's out there playing on the field, but it's still unexcusable. Uh, I wouldn't mind trying to go and get uh, Juan Soto, but you, like I foot. You're going to have to give up so much to get that guy. Is it really worth it? I mean, and then you're going to have to pay him then you're gonna at least sign. $500 million.
1: Right. So I, I think whoever's going to go get Juan Soto, they're going to want to lock up a long-term deal. I, you know, if you're the Red Sox, I think teams that Soto's going to go to is, is going to be contenders. If I'm the Red Sox, right. I might be a seller. I don't know if I'm a buyer at this point. I might be trying to sell some of yeah, my, my older guys uh, and, and try to see if I can't, you know, get some young formed uh, talent that, that you know, might be able to develop over time.
4: Right. Uh, I can see maybe Davers getting maybe traded or Bogarts maybe. I mean, but I, I'll say it up to this day, we should have never, ever let uh, Mookie Betts uh, go, man. I mean, I was a huge Mookie Betts uh, fan when he was with Boston. Uh, we should have signed him to a long-term deal, give him the man whatever he wants. I mean, that was the – Face of our franchise, you know. I mean, I think it's time that we move on from J.D. Martinez. The guy's washed up. Always in. Uh. Oh, oh. I mean. Uh. Never. I mean, he had one good season. But uh. But like I said, uh, I think we sell us. But I'm uh. I'm gonna give you a team where I believe Juan Soto is gonna end up in. I'm 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 saying I'm saying the San Diego Padres. Now, could you imagine with with that lineup will be with uh That's Tatis I, yeah. Jr. Uh, Machado and uh, Juan Soto. Man, that that I think they would they would be the team to beat, not the uh in the National League, not the uh, not the um, the Dodgers. Dodgers. But I mean, I think this season's long gone for my Red Sox. Like I always say, since I'm a Cowboys fan, and I'm already saying it right now, there's always next year. Because <laughs> I mean, I already know my Cowboys are gonna go to the playoffs, lose the first round, but. Uh, he's gonna be a breath of fresh air when Sean Payton signs uh, with the Cowboys, and uh, we'll get us a new head coach. Uh, Sean Payton, and he comes home, and I know Foot's probably listening saying, "Not happening, not happening." Martin, not I happening. appreciate like the call, always.
1: man. I appreciate the call. Let us run. I, I love Martin's yes, team
4: y'all have a good one you
1: too buddy I love Martin's take it you know he's a fan of two of the Uh, two of the fan bases we already talked about (laughs) that people really get annoyed with both the the Red Sox as well as the Dallas Cowboys and and wait till next year is something that he's been saying for years (laughs) with his Cowboys so he's pretty familiar with that but interesting takes I I, you know I agree with some of the stuff he was saying uh, about the the Red Sox and and where that organization is right now and he's more of a realist. He didn't seem like one of the annoying Bo Sox fans. So appreciate the call, Martin. And if you want to join in, of course, you can hit us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. Quickly, before we get to a break, I wanted to get into this. Jay Johnson, the Portal King, LSU head baseball coach, picking up a massive, massive transfer last night. Paul Skin is from the Air Force Academy, goes ahead and commits to LSU. And if you thought Tommy Tanks, Tommy White, the transfer from NC State who record home run total as a freshman last year was the the pickup of the offseason, I'm here to tell you that Paul Skinnis is a guy that is going to contribute in multiple ways. He is a two-way player catcher as well as pitcher how good of a pitcher how about all american just a season ago his freshman season he hit 11 bombs and had 14 saves so what does he do for an encore in a sophomore season he becomes a starter he goes 9 and 3 on the year and not only does that he has an ERA of 2.38, I believe it is, and hits 13 home runs as a backstop, as a position that LSU needs help in. Do I think he's going to be the primary catcher? No. I think they picked up quite a few guys that, that could play that position, and they did really well in the draft as well. But I think he's going to be a weekend starter. I think Paul Skinnis is a guy you're going to slide in automatically as a weekend starter. Oh, and guess what? When he's not starting, he could DH for you. And guess what? He might be able to catch a game here or there when you absolutely need. Talk about super utility type player. Uh, Tommy Tank's massive get. Paul Skinnis ranked the number two prospect by MLB in his draft class. He's a guy that's going to come in and make an immediate impact for the Tigers. And and what did, you know, what what did Jay Johnson do, call him the portal king outside of picking up Tommy Tanks? How about going and pick up Thatcher Hurd from UCLA and Christian Little from Vandy? Talk about shoring up the weekend rotation. A year ago, the biggest question mark on the team. Guess what? Not anymore. Jay Johnson was able to fix that up real quickly through this transfer portal. And I think Paul Skinnis is a guy that probably uh, won't require a whole lot of uh, adjustment time in the SEC. He's been playing with Team USA and excelling with Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan. He's an outstanding pickup by Jay Johnson. I, I, I think 2.73, excuse me, the, the ERA on his sophomore season. First team All-American. Are you kidding me? And LSU fans were, you know, we talk about annoying fan bases. I'm an LSU fan, so I can say this, you know. Super critical, LSU fan base. They expect the world. They were super critical when a pitcher from Southern Miss, name escapes me right now, ended up ultimately signing with with Florida. You know, people were a little disappointed in that. Guess what? LSU made out even better with a first-team All-American, Paul Skinner coming to Baton Rouge, sporting that 273 ERA. And a 3.2 strike to walk ratio. Oh, and at the plate, yeah, no big deal. 314 with 13 boomyahs and 10 doubles. Talk about talent heading to Baton Rouge. A lot of people talk about transfer portal. Ah, LSU <laughs> loves the transfer portal. Joe Burrow, championship 2019. Jay Johnson mopping it up last year. Barry out of the transfer portal. This year, Tommy Tanks, Paul Skeens, multiple guys in the rotation. And on top of that, guess what? If this basketball team is going to have any success in the next couple years after that roster's kind of, you know, wiped clean, it's going to be because of the transfer portal. So personally, I love the transfer portal. I think that it's working out just fine. I think you need to have regulations behind the transfer portal but I think it's working just fine for LSU. What we're going to do, we're going to take our second break of this Friday edition of RP3 and Company. But when we come back, we're going to continue that conversation with all you guys on the most annoying fan bases. So stick right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame and 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win an excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score those great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame or 1041thegame.com. It's free, it's simple, so go sign up today. Welcome back in to the Friday edition of RP3 and Company. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for Raymond Parch III, and we're having a lot of fun so far today on this Friday morning. Martin called in and gave his take on worst fan bases. And, of course, he said, the New York Yankees. I would expect to hear about the New York Yankees. Hannah gave me a couple of opinions of her own, but we still want to hear from you. So hit us up at the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And, of course, if you can't make it on the game hotline, you know you're busy at work, don't want the boss to hear you call in, of course, head to our Twitter page at game underscore Louisiana and give us your thoughts there can also head to the Facebook page as well. We'd love to hear from you guys and get you involved. At the break, Hannah and I were talking, and you, right before we ended, talking about Jay Johnson being portal king, really retooling this LSU baseball roster strictly through the transfer portal. Big pickups, Paul Skeens, Tommy White, both coming from there, both All-American-type players. Instant impact. will be starters in all SEC caliber from day one. But the transfer portal's a little wishy-washy, and Hannah, I, I agree with you. you. One thing that I said right before we went to to break was we need regulation there, and you, I think you had some thoughts on, you know, it, it's it, it's it's too it's too much of the wild wild west.
2: Oh yeah, like it's definitely you you can't the reason for having summer and having that break in between is to, you know, be able to have your kids trained, to get them together, to find, like, them to be coherent together as a team, like, bonded. But you can't do that if you're constantly able to transfer to different schools. You sh- there should, one, I feel that there should be somewhat of a limit, because you are going to college for education as well. So going to four different schools, there's no way to get education that way. And I know there's some guys that are like, well, I'm just going to get to college like, and play football and go to the NFL afterwards. That's cool and all, but you should still try to be getting an education, and you can't do that going to a different school every single year. It's not, it's not, there's no way.
1: And it's getting to the point where, you know, you, you're, you're, they're going to have to pump more money into it. You've got to re-recruit these players. You have to have – you know, I know some schools have staff specifically designed just for the transfer portal, going ahead and monitoring these kids and evaluating them. And, I, look, it's, it's to the point where these high school kids – There are coaches that I know I'm not getting this player, but guess what? He might be in the transfer portal for two years, so I'm still going to pump resources into recruiting him, and I'm still going to try to get him because I want to be front of mind if he ends up in that transfer portal. Maybe he ends up back here to my school. So it's definitely creating – it's a lot of unease, right? It's a lot of uh, second-guessing. It's a lot of budgeting. You know, there's money and there's resources that you have to put towards that. And where else could you use these resources? You know, you, you talked about colleges having to pump more money in to, to recruiting these kids and, and giving these kids, you know, funneling money through um, name, image and likeness. And, you know, there's different things at the university that they could be using, utilizing that money um, for. And I, I agree with that. You know, with the exception of there's very few schools that make money in athletics. You know, there's, you know, the LSU, the Texas, the Floridas of the world, Alabama, you know, the big big timers. They they're making money on athletics and pumping money back into the university on the academic side. But there's a lot of schools that, you know, have to stay within budget. Have to pull those yeah. that that cash, that coin that they don't get enough money from the TV deals, from the the boosters, from the the Tiger Athletic Foundations of the world. They they have to you know, generate money from from the university. So, interesting take. You you think that that's not you know the one thing you said, and I'm looking at strictly from a sports perspective. You're, you're saying that you're looking at from a taxpayers' perspective. You're oh yeah, saying that I we mean like the I, money to these kids.
2: Like, because I can understand. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to. Like, I watched I watched the Twitter like fly around when you know Kim Mulkey was getting on a plane to go recruit some kids for basketball, and I'm like, that's. All, it's cool. Like it's cool you're able to do that, but like you still should be able to see some money into like the academics. Like I, as a UL alumni, I watch. I'm like, okay, here I am trying to get into this one spot on campus that I know the ticket guys can't get to because paying all this money every year for people that are off campus having to come to campus for classes, you having to find a parking spot. You can't find that. You gotta go in the parking garage, and they only have like two in the entire school. But I'm like. Well here we are, we're like, you know here's a hundred and twenty five thousand dollars from this foundation and another four hundred something from this well, foundation for athletics. I'm like you well, could well, okay, give some so, more and, and, it, and it depends on, on
1: the university right it depends yeah. on the school so i look the big, t- the bigger schools have bigger pool of money to play with, and they're generating their own money right t right. v deals, bigger stadiums, merchandising there's more money to be made uh, uh this is just I've just pulled it up l s u give us back $10 million a year back to the university, to the academic side. They're completely self-funded on the athletic side, where the smaller schools, schools that don't have that luxury, they don't only not give back to the university, they're also pulling money out of the budget from the university as a whole. So I do, I, I do agree with that. You were passionate about it.
2: Oh, yeah. I like I, to see <laughs> the passion.
1: I like to see the excitement. Does but, the yeah. transfer portal make you more annoyed with a particular fan base, in a sense. That's the poll question. That's what we want to know today. Well, Who are the most annoying fan bases?
2: I like I, my uncle, and then they all are all LSU alumni. Do I think it makes the LSU fan base a little bit more annoying because of how much we're using the transfer portal? It does make it a little bit more annoying of a fan base because they're all like, you know, we're trying we're trying to get this kid. So like, you go after this one person, but then usually they don't come to us. It's almost like they're like passive aggressively bashing the kid because he decided to go oh, that, to that kid, Florida. That kid would never play here. That kid would have oh, panned yeah.
1: out uh, immediately, right?
2: Oh yeah, as soon as you go and realize you're not gonna come to you, they're like, oh, he, he wasn't come here anyway, and he's not that great anyway. He only has like a two point blah blah blah. So I I don't know, but there there should be more regulations. But wow, words. Back to what we originally were saying is. There should be more regulations on the transfer portal, and also terms of when you can transfer. I agree because you can't. There's no way you can be transferring at all times of the year. That that's That's it's unreal. Like, how can you expect two. to have a good team if you're constantly having guys coming or going?
1: Two, two things. I, I'm an absolute recruiting junkie. I lived for football recruiting. I mean, I absolutely, I, back in the day before internets, I'd get the magazines and I'd highlight the names and figure out who's going where and seeing the predictions. Absolutely loved it. Love following the classes, love following the kids coming out of not only the Acadiana area, but the entire state. Love football recruiting. The transfer portal. Soured me a bit. I still follow football recruiting. I always will. I just enjoy the roller coaster ride of living on 17 and 18 year old kids' emotions to make your school better. I absolutely live for the thrill. But it's almost, uh, you know, it, it, that point's almost gone now. Because those kids that sign, if they don't play right away, they're in the portal. If they don't get the treatment they think they deserve, they're in the portal. Mm -hmm. And other schools are able to come in, and are you able to go in and get other kids from the portal? And it's just changed the way I followed um, high school recruiting. It also changed the way kids are recruiting kids. The high schools are recruiting kids, or colleges, excuse me, are recruiting kids. You know, they're who – they got – if you bring a kid in, he's expected to play day one. If he doesn't play day one, in the portal. Oh, yeah. So I, I think that there needs to be a limit. You know, they they sign, uh, you know, national letters of intent. And those are very loose documents for a scholarship that gets renewed once a year. So I get it. The kids are only tied to the university for once a year. And these coaches, we know that, are not tied to, to these universities at all. They'll leave. They'll lie to you in your face and then leave. So I, I think these kids deserve uh, – an option or some flexibility to be able to leave too, but to your point, it needs to be regulated. They could transfer once in a four-year period. They can only transfer after a calendar year. They can whatever, yeah.
2: whatever the rules
1: are. They need rules,
2: right? Because then there's no point in using like use transfer portal just to get kids in the game to go away. We know whenever they de- realize, hey, I'm not playing. I don't need to be here. But like, there should be a, a time frame. Like okay, from when the end of this season is until. Two months before the next season—that's how. That's the long. That's when you can transfer. That's it. During the season, you can't. Those two months before the season starts—that's when you're supposed to be doing your training and supposed to be, you know, figuring out. All right, who's gonna be my lineup? You know, how am I gonna play this? And who's gonna be in what positions? I have four guys I can be at first base, or I can have four guys that I have, you know, comp- competing for be the quarterback. Like you have to have time to be able to train these kids and fit them into what your vision is for the team. You can't do that. They're constantly transferring until day one of the season and you can't during the season at all. It get makes it. no sense.
1: I get it. I get it. you you got to have time to build that camaraderie and, and development right. within your team. Completely get it. Completely agree. I, I think that uh, the NCAA needs to do something quickly before this gets out of
2: hand. Right.
1: What are we going to do, though? We're going to take our last break of the first hour. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the first hour talking to you guys. We want to hear from you, most annoying fan bases of all time. Who do you hate the most across all platforms, right here on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station? Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You can score a new Apple Watch by sending a simple text message. That's right, the Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do is w- to win is to join our brand-new text club. Simply text GAME to 337-283-8100. That's GAME to, 23- to 337-283-8100. Once you join, you will be eligible to win an Apple Watch Plus, you will have a ton of chances to score other great prizes, like Astros tickets and more. It's The Game, Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. Welcome back in to the end of the first hour on the Friday edition of RP3 and Company. We've been having a ton of fun talking with you guys. Salty Steve, text in during the break. And, of course, we know who he says is the most annoying fan base. We know who he's a fan of, but he didn't want to call in and jump in the sandbox. So if you want to call in and play with us live and in person, of course, hit us up at the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And if you choose not to, if you want to text in and be like Steve, you could do that as well. You could go over to the Twitter machine at game underscore Louisiana and get in on the action there. When it comes to college fan bases, there's so many more options, Hannah. You know, there's so many different conferences. There's, you know, geographics that come into place. There's plenty of reasons to hate particular fan bases. I'm, I'm Of course, I'm an LSU fan. I, I've already told you that I, I understand why people would hate LSU fans. I get that. I I, was an LSU fan. I'm sure you know that I, I'm not very fond of, The Alabama Crimson Tide, not not very fond of the Ole Miss Rebels. Texas A&M, talk about oddball folks over there in College Station. But I'm going to give you one that's outside of the SEC that just kind of is aggravating, and that's the Texas Longhorns. You talk about an entitled bunch that thinks they're God's gift to college athletics. You know, I and I was a huge Vince Young fan when they won the national championship back in '05. Uh, I love Vince Young, and I was I was pulling for them. Outside of that, I don't know if I've ever pulled for UT. Just a frustrating mm-hmm. bunch. Is there one that stands out to you?
2: Um, not not entirely of one I think is just the most annoying because they're all. If they're not LSU, or they're not the Raging Cajuns, I we really don't care for them. <laughs> of course I, I pulled for Ole Miss because George Faust was our guest host when hey, they, were, know, they were, you know. You're going into the yeah, regionals and everything. But other than that, I think I saw a picture yesterday and I almost wanted to vomit because my poor fiance, he actually is a Florida Gators fan, so I was like, You took my coach. So I was mad at him completely for that. But my soon to be mother in law posted a picture and he Oh, my, let's go out. It was of a little bug and it was the Crimson Tide and it had a big, huge elephant on the back. And I almost wanted to vomit. And he was like, What's wrong? I said, Alabama. Ugh. It's a car for Alabama. And he was like, It's going to be okay. <laughs> Immediately, like, locked my phone for me so that I couldn't look at it anymore. Because, you know, the,
1: the Florida Gators are interesting for me. I, but look, a lot of LSU fans hate Florida. One of my best friends is a huge Florida Gator fan. So I. I kind of pull for Florida when they're not playing LSU. I, I I do. I I hope they lose every time they play LSU. But with oh, Napier yeah. there now as well, and, and I mean, it's my buddy Trey's favorite team. So I, I do tend to, you know, hope well wishes for the Gators as long as they're not playing the Tigers.
2: Oh, yeah. It's mainly if you're playing for my team, playing against my team, I don't like you. But sometimes you have somebody I like and, you know, the, like my fiance, I'll pull for the Gators when they're not playing LSU. Or, you know, I'll – Pull for any other team, but one that I can't stand. I can't stand those Bulldogs. I can't stand Texas. Uh, Georgia Louisiana Tech.
1: Oh, a lot of Tech. Yeah, I okay, can't well. stand them.
2: Also, because my ex went there, but I just can't stand <laughs> the Bulldogs.
1: I typically pull for all-state schools. I love all-state schools except nope. Tulane.
2: <laughs>
1: Not a Tulane fan. That, know. They are. Uh, I guess that's an old-school thing when I was young, growing up, an LSU fan. You were, you know, brought up to hate Tulane. Well, I hate for this first hour to come to an end, but boy, did we have some fun. But do we have more fun on the other side? We sure do. Right after the break, James Yasko of the Lima Time podcast is going to join us, and we're going to talk Astros, trade deadline, and what remains for the rest of the season. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back in to RP and 3 RP3 and Company. I'm Blaine Vietar filling in for Raymond Parks III, and boy, are we having some fun so far on this Friday morning. Of course, Hannah, five names behind the glass, keeping us all in check. I'll give you a brief rundown what we still have to come. Of course, here shortly at 7.02, we're going to bring on James Yasko of the Lima Time Podcast and Astro County. We're going to talk Astro trade deadlines, what remains for the Astros for the rest of the season, and have all kind of fun with James. At 7.32, Tony Corville, Caracol High football head coach is going to join us. We're going to talk this upcoming season and what the Golden Bears have to look for moving back to 5A. And at 8.15, our favorite degenerate, Nick Fontenot, is going to join us, and we're going to talk about cashing tickets. What are we going to do to make some extra coin this weekend? But Hannah, do we have our man James ready to roll?
2: Oh, he's ready to roll. And he's awake, and I'm so proud of him.
1: Well, let's get James going on this Friday morning. James, how are you?
5: I'm a, I'm a little bit proud of myself for stopping <laughs> my uh, two-week-long sleep <laughs> through the alarm streak. So I'm I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm back on it. I'm I, ready.
1: I'm super pumped to have you here, and there's a lot of exciting things going on. Of course, Astros winners last night getting back on the winning track against the Seattle Mariners 4-2 to inside Minute Maid Park. Um, was there any doubt, you know, coming off of getting swept by the A's or is just one of those things that is baseball.
5: That's, that's baseball. It's annoying. Uh, but the Astros have shown that they are fully capable of taking five out of five against the Yankees and the Mariners and then going to Oakland and, and taking three losses. So, (laughs) um, it's, it's not anyone's favorite thing, but it's just one of those things that happens over the course of a really long season.
1: Of course, uh, what everybody really wants to talk about is the, the trade deadline. Uh, super uh, geeked up about that, about the Astros potentially improving this lineup. And a lot of talk is centered around the, the first base position as well as catcher. What are you hearing as the trade deadline nears?
5: I mean, so with the trade deadline, one of the things that, that you have to keep in mind is is they're they're not trying to improve the team to win the division. Uh, The division, I mean, barring some historic collapse, you know, you're you're looking at at an 11 game lead. Um, So so the the point is not to to make it to the postseason. That that's sort of that that's sort of the expectation now, not so much the goal for this franchise. So the question is, how what what do you need to do to upgrade to beat to beat the Yankees, potentially uh, to win the pennant? Uh, or or the Dodgers or Mets or whoever comes out of the National League and you know there are two additions that are going to be made presumably next month uh, in that the Astros are going to get Lance McCullers back and and they're going to get Michael Brantley back and and those are two pretty key you know those 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 two guys are, are are legitimate additions to a team that that doesn't have a ton of holes at the moment so You know, could they swing a trade for for some more bullpen help or, um, you know, a a first base or catcher? I I still don't. I I still think you roll with Maldonado. Uh, Josh Bell is is sort of the most obvious trade trade target. Um, But, you know, we'll see what the front office puts together.
1: You know, there's some, some other options there at first base. And, of course, Josh Bell's the, the kind of the prize guy when it comes to first base. But a C.J. Crone or, or maybe even an Austin Hayes, who's a utility guy that could play in the outfield as well as, as first base. Are those guys, if you see them sign somebody like that, is that a disappointment? Or, are you know, is it Josh Bell or bust for you at that first base spot?
5: Uh, for me, no, because I have a little bit of sense. Uh, for for some Astros fans that don't, I think it is Josh Bell or Buzz. Um, The the I, I I think we just want or what we and by we I mean Astros fans uh, want to see is 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 you know something that makes sense and and are you changing this team uh, for for the better? There there are you know Astros fans that remember the Carlos Gomez and and Mike Fires trade. The, you can change a team to change it uh and it doesn't work out long term i don't know that this this version of the front office uh is is going to to change the team in a way that doesn't doesn't benefit the team long term i don't i don't know that they're only looking you know three months down the road and, and
1: of course i mean there's a bunch of guys that the Astros have control y- young players right i mean they just signed Yordan to a long term deal Bregman's under control in um, the pitching staff you got so many young arms that you have control for an extended period of time but on uh, the rumor mill is that they're willing to maybe move an, an arm or two in order to to improve this team and uh, you know, contend this year. Do you think that's a smart move to to really move one of these young arms, and maybe that just closes the window? While it gives you a better chance to win a championship this year, it might shrink the window for future opportunities.
5: Yeah, no, I, I think I think most Astros fans would would agree that that if if you have to move uh, a a young arm, and if, if whether that's Christian Javier. Uh, or 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 someone someone like Javier. Uh, if, it, if it results in a World Series, you know, I, I think I think most Astros fans would take that trade. So um, I, I do think, you know, I mean because because if you think about what has happened since since 2017, you know the Astros lost some every home game in the 2019 World Series, then all hell breaks loose with the athletic article and the trash can. Uh, and and then lose the World Series last year. I think I think most Astros fans, you know, you you would get, you would give up something significant to to win another World Series this year because, you know, Bregman is Bregman's still young, but Altu- Altuve is not is not as young. Michael Brantley uh, is getting up there. Um, you know, the Justin Verlander. You know, who knows how many is, is he going to come back next year? You so you want to you want to win the t- the titles you can when you can.
1: James Yasko joining us right now from the Lima Time Time podcast. James, I, I'm kind of concerned. Name you just brought up, Michael Brantley. The shoulder's been slow to come back. Dusty doesn't really get too much into detail of that. That kind of tells me that probably something a little more lingering there. Our man Yardon Alvarez, who's having just an amazing season. The advanced metrics are off the board. MVP-type caliber season for Yardon, But... They're having to give them days off here or there because of the hand soreness. It, it, those two injuries, are, how concerning are they? And is that more reason to push for maybe outfield help at the trade deadline as well?
5: Yeah, I think if I think if the Astros do trade for an outfielder, that that tells you that, that gives you a little bit of a glimpse into into what's going on with Michael Brantley. Uh, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't played in over a month. Uh, And like you said, there's just not much news coming out about what's actually going on. And that sort of fits the Astros M.O. Uh, You know, they don't exactly light you up with with news about about what's actually happening with with players that aren't that are 100 percent. Yeah, no, it's it's concerning. You know, the the Brantley is more concerning long term than than Jordan. It seems as though, you know, uh, just some time off for Jordan, possibly surgery, but nothing massive. Uh, is gonna get that is gonna get that better, but at this point, you know, you're just too close to the end of the season, to the beginning of the postseason to to make that move. So they're just kind of managing that. Um but Brantley is definitely more concerning than than Jordan at this point.
1: James, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you at?
5: Uh on Twitter if you are an absolute degenerate, uh on on Twitter at Astros County uh and every now and then in uh in the Houston Chronicle.
1: Very good. Before I let you go, though, I got I got to ask. This lineup has been makeshift for so long. You mentioned the Brantley injury, Yardon having to miss time from from time to time, and they kind of been piecemealing this thing together. Not a whole lot of consistency. Um, they're still not hitting for great average. It seems like they're very streaky. It just feels like we haven't even seen the best from this Astros team yet.
5: Yeah, no, and but you, I mean, this is sort of, and this is where you know a trade might make sense because we we saw this happen in 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 2017 uh you know a little bit in 2015 where it, it, the baseball season is just such a grind uh you know you're talking about not how ha- you're you've had less than 10 days off in the last you know four and a half months uh and it's you're, you're flying all over the country and it's it's home it's it's then it's at at seattle at oakland back home and and it's it's just it, it, there, it, there's just a lot to a baseball season, and swinging a trade for someone that, you know, it, it may be that that's what sort of revitalizes and kind of re, rejuvenates the clubhouse a little bit, and and this is the time of year that you need something like that to happen. So, yeah, they're they're streaky, but but you could you could chalk a lot of that up to, um, you know, playing playing 97 games in 104 days, uh, and and. And, and this is just sort of a mental refresh.
1: Talk about re, you know, re-energize. How about Alex Bregman over the last couple weeks? He's just got hot as a firecracker, including last night's home run and game-winning double. I mean, he's a guy. If he can start hitting in the middle of that lineup, it, it changes the complexity of things.
5: His, Bregman's having a very strange season. If if he had been hitting remotely the way that he's been hitting over the first, you know, 6 7 weeks of the season, you know, we we stop there there's no question about it. Uh he just he he just had a rough start to the season and and he's just trying to play catch up in the in the box score. Uh and so he's he's been a he's been a much better hitter really over the last 6 weeks. Uh and and yeah, he's he's picked it up a little bit, you know, in in the course of the last couple of weeks and and maybe the All-Star break was 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 beneficial for him, but um, you know, I, I think we can, we can put all the concerns about Alex Bregman to bed.
1: And that also helps predict yard Alvarez. It's kind of been a, a, you know, a revolving door at the top half of the lineup. And it seems like, you know, teams hadn't had to pitch to yard Yardon all the time. Um, in a perfect scenario, how, how do you pr- protect a hitter like that? Uh, of course, Bregman getting hot behind him is going to be very important, but, um, you know, wh- how do you protect Yardon as far as getting him to see better pitches?
5: Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's the way you do it. You know, you, you make it to where you sort of have to, you know, you get guys on base ahead of, uh, ahead of Jordan Alvarez. And then you have some, you have one or two bats behind Jordan that you can't just wave your hand and let him take first base. So, uh, you you know, this lineup is not as stacked as, as 2019's lineup was. Um, But, but it's, it's still a really good lineup. And, uh, and, and so, you know, when everyone, you're right, it, it feels like, the Astros even when they, you know they won 12 in a row um you know it, it still just feels like they haven't quite put it all together yet and that's that's terrifying for for opponents
1: when's the last time we've seen a hitter have such a good season as yardon is this year
5: for I the mean, 90 94 Jeff bagwell <laughs> uh you know before before the strike i mean he's hitting home runs at a rate that that is a franchise record you know no one's hitting no one in franchise history has hit uh You know, home runs in the in as few plate appearances as Jordan has has this year. I mean, this is a this is a franchise defining season for Jordan Alvarez.
1: Wrapping up right now with James Yasko of the Lima Time Time podcast. And we we know Hannah Five Names back there is a Mariners fan. What what can we tell her about the rest of the series over the juice box?
5: Just let it just just it's nothing personal, it's just business. (laughs) Uh, you know, we're, we're very sorry for, for your losses, uh, and, uh, go, go make the playoffs for the first time in 21 years.
1: (laughs) Thanks, James. I appreciate you waking up with us this morning. Have a great weekend, my man. You too. Appreciate it. (laughs) James Yasko of the Lima time time podcast and occasionally of the Houston Chronicle, as he told us, joining us and talking MLB trade deadline for the Houston Astros and what this lineup can do to kind of make it all sink. He mentioned Yardon Alvarez, best season since Jeff Bagwell, 94 pre-strike. He is just absurd right now. His OPS plus is ridiculous. His WRC plus ridiculous. He is one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball, and I, it's, it's a shame that he's having a little bit of a hand issue. I'd love to see him push to to maybe win some of these postseason awards and contend for mvp a lot of baseball still to be played and a lot of show still to be had we're going to take a quick break but on the other side i want to continue the conversation of most annoying fan bases right here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station your home for lsu tigers and houston astros
0: P three is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum
3: bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a three dollar bet that netted me a cool six dollars and seventy cents. What?
0: Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports stock. Nineteen, hit me. Twenty, hit me. Twenty
6: one, hit me. Twenty
0: two. No. Oh. Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The red-hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Oreos on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets that's right four tickets you don't have to just pick one of your friends you could bring the whole squad the whole family could go with you to the astros game you could also take a tour of May park hotel accommodations for that saturday night you don't even have to worry about driving back to louisiana you could stay there astros weekend getaways are powered by butcher ac LaMadian houston downtown and the game southwest louisiana's sports station Welcome back in to RP3 and Company. Blaine Vietar filling in for Raymond Parch III. Much-deserved vacation. Hannah seemed pretty excited the last two weeks. She didn't really have to deal with Raymond. Over in Atlanta, over in NOLA, now on a family vacay, she seems pretty excited. I hope Raymond's not listening right now because Hannah is ear-to-ear, all smiles. Do you kind of miss him?
2: I mean... I do sort of, but being able to sit in the dark while they were out at Atlanta in New Orleans and just be able to like chill with my blanket and listen to them. And I, I didn't have headphones on either because they were on our remote kit. So like I didn't have to worry about hearing them and the, like my headphones. So I got to sit here and relax. It was fantastic. But I mean, I do miss, you know, having somebody else to talk to like during the show, you know, when we're on commercial break and tell my, my first world problems. But it's it's fine. We'll be back. At some point.
1: At some point, you will get Raymond back in the flesh.
2: I I told him, I was like, I'll see you next month. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, got it.
1: We'd love to hear from all of you guys in southwest Louisiana. You could hit us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111 and tell us, what is the most annoying fan base to you? And we've been getting some run on the Twitter machine with folks chiming in. Our guy Brandon Leger coming in. Any Philadelphia fan base. And my man said it doesn't matter if it's the Eagles, if it's the, you know, the Phillies. He, he could care less. He does not like the Philadelphia fan base. Pretty interesting. We also got our guy Steve Flint saying the Eagles as well. In the NBA, he's going to go with the Celtics. MLB, the Red Sox. Soccer, everyone. Everyone in soccer. I mean, I, I don't have uh my guy James mesh with me to to kind of tell me who to hate in soccer. He usually fills me in. In the NHL, the Liverpool, Maple Leafs. We
2: hate Liverpool.
1: Liverpool. That's yes, who we hate. That's who okay. Hate the
2: Premier League. Liverpool.
1: And and the Maple Leafs. I I mean I can't tell you I hate in in, in hockey as well. Why do we hate Liverpool? Tell us, Hannah. I, fill I, me I in.
2: Just, I'm all about I've, learning. I've always been against them because. I've always been a number one like Manchester United fan, so and their name just sounds gross. The name just sounds disgusting, and they've always gone against Manchester United, and now it's Manchester United out City because now Man U was kind of down. But I just their name just sounds funky too, so it just makes me over the top of not liking them.
1: All right, I could go with that. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure I never pull for them. Yeah. And Premier League, because yes. I watch that all the time. Right? Oh, yeah, right, definitely. Of course. How about our guy Ralph Bergeron coming in saying, the Cowboys by a country mile. My <laughs> man can't stand the Cowboys. Three playoff wins in 20 years, but their fan base acts like they're the defending Super Bowl champions. And, of course, Alabama, he said. But I, I'm surprised we're not getting more run on folks calling in and saying, hey, Cowboys, I, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people around here. Um, that, that don't care for the Cowboys. My guy George on the text hotline coming in too saying Oklahoma softball. He said they are cocky fan base, the equivalent of Alabama when it comes to softball. And on top of that, when they go to the women's world series, they get to play practically have home games. So George had some very, very strong words for that Oklahoma fan base. Still have plenty of time for you guys to get in on the action on the game hotline. Of course, 337 706 111 Our guy, Darren Francis, he's coming in with the Cowboys as well as the Knicks. The Knicks are interesting, right? They are a fan base. They haven't won anything meaningful in, in years. Um both teams think they're going to win a championship soon, but that's not happening, he said. He said the Pelican fans <laughs> are annoying too because they're delusion, they're delusional and <laughs> and satisfied with mediocre seasons wow those are strong words for a you know a, basically a local franchise so it's, it's it's interesting what people deem annoying you know what people think are is, is frustrating some people have pure hatred for teams that you know are, are natural rivals for their teams but some people just hate teams that think they're good for no reason and I could kind of uh relate to that as well. How about Dougie fresh coming in with a Philadelphia again for me. It's Philly. He just said the whole city. Nobody likes Philly. What is going on with Philly? I, I don't understand the hate for Philadelphia in such a, uh, you know, it's not like we live like right down the road for Philly. My man Joe McHugh, friend of the show, huge Philadelphia Phillies fans. They're coming for your neck, bud. They do not like the city of Philadelphia. Definitely not have any brotherly love here. Uh, I think this is an interesting uh, <laughs> a question. That look, another guy, <laughs> John Paul Cajun Daddy on the Twitter machine coming in. By far, the worst behaved fans fan base is the Eagles. So that's what he's basically saying: pelting Saints with snowballs. Who else would do that? Oh yes, Yankees fans. That's who. But as far as annoying cowgirls fans, talk about living in the past. So look, people hate the Phillies any Philadelphia squad, whether it be the Eagles or my man said, call out the whole city. And then, how about the Yankees? We've gotten multiple submissions for the Yankees as well as the Cowboys, and that's to be expected. What's also expected is we're going to take a quick break, but on the other side, we're going to have head football coach from the Cancer High Golden Bears, Tony Corville, joining us, and we're going to talk about the upcoming season and how those Golden Bears are going to fit into this 5A equation. So don't go anywhere plenty of fun left on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team and Pat O's. You guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and Company on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports
1: station. Welcome back into RP3 and Company. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for our main guy, Raymond Parks Third. Having a lot of fun on a Friday morning right here on 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. I want to head straight out to the game hotline and bring on my guy, Carrickle High Football head coach Tony Corville. Hey, coach, how goes it this Friday morning?
7: Good morning, Blaine, man. I'm. I'm- I'm honored to be able to join the fun with you this
1: morning, man. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you joining uh, joining with me. It's, it's getting close to that time of year where you and I are going to talk a whole lot more regularly. So I figure, hey, why don't we put some training wheels on and get this bus back started a little bit early so you and I could work some kinks out. Uh, coming into, uh you, you know, this summer, I know you guys are probably pretty jazzed up at this point. Where are y'all at in your summer preparations? Are y'all able to, you know, do football activities or y'all still just in workout mode? Well,
7: we... we uh, we're just finishing up our last uh, seventh week of uh, offseason, what we call summer sacrifice. We will have one more week where we will, uh, were we still doing uh, weight training and stuff with some football, but we uh, we do incorporate football drills every day in, in our our daily uh, practices and everything uh, with our workouts. So we have to do that one more week because we did uh, participate in. Spring ball, so we're not allowed to start till uh, August eighth, where we can put on helmets and shoulder pads. But we can we can do some practicing parts because we can do it all summer long with helmets on. So uh, you know we can't touch any sleds or anything like that. But we do we do uh, we can go right now if we had to start right now. We, we have our, our offense, base offense, and defense, and, and starting to get some of our special team installs. We could go right now. We have to do although we're going to reinstall again, but we. Throughout the summer, we've been
1: installing those, those things. Talk to us a little bit about the decision. That's pretty interesting. You just mentioned that, you know, that there's an option to uh, have a spring uh, session or, or hold that week over to come in and start uh, fall camp a little bit early. Uh, I know last year you all elected to maybe start camp a little bit early, if I remember correctly. What goes into that decision, and what made you come to the decision to have spring practice this past season? Well,
7: but well, most in general, I think most people are going to have spring ball, and you get uh, ten practices. Uh, they they usually the, the first the last Monday of April until the end of school. You have uh, opportunity to have ten practices. So some some schools uh, like to do that, and uh, and as long as they're practices, they'll have a spring game. We chose to because we uh, we had a lot of unknowns. Uh, you know, as you well know, last year towards in the season, we you know we we got into that uh, that injury bug uh, rotation. Which was pretty bad, and devastating for us, but that's part of the game. So we need to find out, uh, you know, some of these the young kids what they can do. And, and our, our main goal in the time is to find out who's going to who has contact guards, who's going to who's going to deliver it, and who's going to back down from it. So we have a general idea. We also experiment with some kids at playing other positions. So uh, that's what that's our mind our mindset we do that this year. I mean, we actually didn't have a quarterback on campus. We had a freshman that's going to be not be a, a a star linebacker for us, but we didn't deal you know, with with a, a quarterback having. I mean, not what I mean. We didn't have a quarterback, but we got some good work in. So that uh, with that said, now we have an extra week in the summer to to train. So it us eight four weeks, and, and we'll be looking forward to getting into the you know the real football
1: part of it. Tony Coraville, head football coach of the Canterbury High Golden Bears, joining us right now on the game hotline. Coach, you mentioned the quarterback position. Uh, Last Mm -hmm. year it seems like the quarterback position was in good hands. Chance Caesar was having a a really stellar year. Big kid, really mobile, um, tremendous athlete. He ended up getting hurt um, in the Brother Martin game, and and after that it was kind of a rotating door at the quarterback spot. Is is Chance Mm going to be ready to roll week one this year?
7: He's ready to go. Look, you know, it's always good to have your, your returning quarterback, you know. Even though you missed the last four games in spring ball, Chance has stayed locked in uh, with, with his weight, obviously with the physical therapy and then the weights and training. And then he was able to do some things, you know, uh, throwing the ball, you know, side-footed and just three-step stuff, nothing, all linear stuff. But he's ready to go. Uh, you know, he has, he's been fitted for a break. He's ready to go.
1: Another thing that's really exciting is the Golden Bears are back up into the 5A division and get to face a lot of the familiar foes that you know folks surrounding the program are, are typical of facing. Is that a motivating factor for the kids? Are they excited to play at the highest classification?
7: Well, you know, there's no doubt. We're really excited about the opportunity to compete in our state's highest classification. You know, I, I, I've always felt that this 3-5A uh, three, uh, three, district one of the best in the state, throughout this state. Uh, you know, so, but, you know, with that said, even though we were in 4A, you know, and we're tra- tradition back to this 5A, I think it's going to be a fluid one. in the fact that, you know, we, as you know, we continue to schedule the 5A schools. So, you know, we we played in, you know, in the in 3 5A district. We played the Canadians at the Southside, Rapid High, in Iberia. you know, non district. We played the West roads the Washitaws, the Russins, and the Brother Martins. We even scheduled, you know, on and St. Alves for our fall is So, you know, we're, we're kind of used. I don't want to say we're used of it, but you know, we have a, a good idea where
1: we're fixing to get ourselves. Speaking of moving classifications, you know, Carncar is also going to be in, in that select side uh, of the bracket. Now, is that you know as, as something as um, as far as a program that that you guys talked about, or are you of the mantra? You know, just line the football, blow the whistle, and let's play.
7: Uh, it'll be totally truthful with you. We have not discussed that with the kids yet. I think I'm, I might have to address it at one point in the season. But we, and that's what we have. The staff have discussed it a little bit because now you're going, you know, you're going from a 32-team uh, tournament to a 16-team tournament. So that's, you know, you, you can't mess around with this, you know this, your, your PowerPoints. If you don't have PowerPoints, you're going to struggle.
1: Speaking of PowerPoints, and, and you kind of alluded to that when you guys were for a you don't hide from nobody. You're ready to rock and roll. You're ready to play whoever's in front of you. The schedule this year, there's, this no, uh, there's no place to breathe, right? It's no, uh, no, no, easy, no easy spots, and it starts week one against Alexandria. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the mindset of the schedule and, and how do you go into um, a schedule like that with a team that you already mentioned is pretty young.
7: First of all, you know I think if you want to be the best, you're gonna to have to try to stay the best. And uh, so we, were, with that mindset, we're gonna to try to schedule the best sponsor uh, we can. Sometimes that always isn't the, uh, the point of the case because uh, you know, and you know, in fact, I don't have a week ten game. Uh, we try like hell you know, to find people, but it's, it's, it's tough at it's, it's that time of the year because people are either in Disney play or they just finish up Disney play like ourselves and maybe not want to play because. Following week, even in the playoffs. So that's always been a, a, a challenge. But in the past, when I, we were in four, a, we had to find five games. It was a little bit, again, it was a little bit more difficult to find three, three, a and four a schools other than maybe Appleville was played and St. Martinville was this, uh non-district. So we had to go around the state, you know, to find other schools that were in a similar similar situations. And you know, and those big boys like the West Monroe's, the, uh the Brother Martins, the Washington's and Arkansas and uh, any kind of we always kind of looking for games too, so it kind of worked out. We were able to marry, marry on a date. But this year, you know, we have Alexandria, and it was it was tough to get that first game. So, they, we, uh, once we knew we had a week one, we you know we started looking, and we wouldn't get too many takers. And then we were uh, very fortunate that Alexandria that already had somebody else, and then uh, backed out on them. So that was the way we were able to get there. So. We're looking forward to challenge. That's another qualify the uh, team. Well,
1: we want to child on it. Wrapping up right now with Coach Tony Corville, head football coach of the Carrick or High Golden Bears. Coach, we already touched on Chance Caesar, your quarterback, but maybe give us a little insight of some some other Golden Bears that we need to keep an eye on coming into this fall.
7: Well, you know, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, we got eight returning starters, and uh, we got we got five out of six when you include the tight end coming back. So well, we're really excited about. What we call the foundation, that offensive line, and, you know, and on the offensive line is going to be led by uh, Israel Jolivet. That's been a three-year start for us. Uh, you know, a 6'3", 240 kid. That's like I said, he's very athletic for his size. And Gregory Bush, who's the, the other the other tackle, six-four, three thirty. That's really gotten got himself in good shape, even though he was another a kid that, that we lost due to injury last year. The injury, and he's cut, he's back from it. And he's doing well, and then. Uh, Devon Miller and Ken Juan Bruno are the, the boards that are both you know, like to playing car match year, and, and we're looking for it. And then we have Cameron Shippen that's up as an ex-receiver for us, but he'll come in line for us and be the tie-in for us. And at running back, we you know, we had Ken and Ryan started for us last year, but we'll have Ken and Ryan and Cashmere back use. Now, these are two little bowling balls of muscle. that got some real good quicks in the uh, be, you know not the big ones like we've had in the past but they'll get everything they got we're excited about what they can do for
1: us well coach i appreciate the time i can't wait till we turn on the lights in the open air crow dome and get going
7: well look man i appreciate you having me on i, I needed just uh just run through on uh, these interviews and stuff
1: i appreciate you hey it felt <laughs> it felt like we were in mid-season form already coach we'll be in touch real soon All right, man. Good luck for you, man. Thanks a bunch. Coach Tony Corville, head coach of the Carrico Golden Bears. And, of course, we have a number of high school games on our family of networks here at Delta Media. But you can catch Carrico High football on Z1059 with Ben Love and myself on Friday nights. Uh, Super excited for the Golden Bears to head back to 5A. And uh, Hannah and I were talking during the break. We're also super excited to bring Acadiana High to our family of networks this year, and uh, Karen Crow Acadiana, always big rivalries. It's so much better now that those two are going to be in the same district. While we didn't lose the games year after year, those games mean a little bit more with district implications on the line. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we still want to hear from you guys, most annoying fan bases, and maybe we'll get into a little bit more MLB trade talks right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
8: This is Saints legend Roman Harper, and you are listening to the game, 103.7 Lafayette. And 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here is the game traffic report on 1037 Lafayette
0: and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We reported one crash about an hour ago. That's cleared up. Be aware that the traffic signal at Glorious Switch at North University is out. If you see a problem, 706 0119.
3: That's your traffic report on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041
1: Lake Charles, South Louisiana's sports station.
6: Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're gonna hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me 10 grand. Wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters, and it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters. Except water. So, Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus, Leaf Filter has an industry leading lifetime warranty, so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 800 961 4181 or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 800 961 4181 or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 800 961 4181 or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's 800 961 4181.
1: You can score a new Apple Watch by sending a simple text message. That's right, the Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do to win is join our brand new Text Club. Simply text Game to 337 283 8100. That's Game to 337 283 once you join, you will be eligible to win an Apple Watch. Plus, you will have a ton of chances to score other great prizes, like Astros tickets and more. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame and 1041TheGame.com. Welcome back in to RP3 and Company. I was about to say crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Ah, man, shout out to those guys in the afternoon. But this is RP3 and Company right here on 1037 game. Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. And we've been having a lot of fun having some guests. We had James Yasko of Lima Time Time podcast join us, and we talked some Houston Astros at the top of the hour, and we we're just joined by Coach Tony Corville, head football coach at Caringer High Golden Bears. We talked all thing Golden Bears leading into this season. And, of course, 8.15, next hour, our favorite degenerate of all, Nick Fontenot is going to join us, and we're going to talk a little bit of gambling See if we could help you guys cash tickets this weekend. But what we've really been having fun with today is talking about most annoying fan bases. And we've been hearing you loud and, qu- loud and clear on the Twitter machine, but we'd love to hear from you on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. People like this topic. People seem to uh, resonate with this. I, I, I think this one is, is pretty good. We, we're going to go with JBK, the O.D., On the Twitter machine comes Cowboys, Golden Domers, and Pinstripes for the trifecta. That's right. He's talking about the Dallas Cowboys, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and the New York Yankees. The Cowpokes have a bandwagon that can't get out of the shop and on the road. The Irish are the bandwagon doing 45 in the fast lane on the freeway, and the Yankees are the difficult bandwagon of unimaginative madness of masses. They, uh... I, I like it. Now, those are three very highly controversial programs that always get the benefit of the doubt, right? That's one thing the majority of these, you know, teams or programs get. You know, is the benefit of the doubt every year. It's going to be the Cowboys' year. Every year Notre Dame's going to be good. Oh, the Yankees, big payroll. They're going to be great. They got all these superstars. That's what I think people get annoyed with more so than the fan base, but the media shoving these, you know, different teams down your throat constantly. And, of course, that gives the fan base all the hope in the world and for them to kind of jump in as well. Is that something that you take in consideration? Is, you know, the media just pumping up whoever it may be to to say, you know, this team is the greatest or, or whatnot?
2: I, I don't really care for it that much. Whenever they really go on, the media is like, oh, I'm really down for these people. But I'm like, but why? Like, they, they aren't that great. This happened and this happened. And then, they like, most the times they're putting down the Saints, which annoys me the most because I've watched the Saints and I've been more involved in looking at what's going on with them because of, you know, starting this job and being in sports radio. But I'm like, you know, they still have them low in the rankings everywhere you see. And I'm like, but why? I mean, like, you watched us with four different quarterbacks, which still blows my mind. And try to keep them all straight when, like, people are like, so are you, you're in sports, so you you know all this. I'm like, I, I don't. I, I don't know all of this. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. I mean, before I started covering softball, I didn't realize that there's seven innings in softball and nine in baseball. I didn't know that.
1: Okay. But what what has been the, the biggest learning curve for you? Which sport or which league?
2: Um, I would think, to me, the one I've really learned the most is going to be softball because I did cover them this year. So I, you know, I – Grew up, my brother played soccer, so like at one point I had an imprint of a soccer ball on my stomach because I got (laughs) pelted with it, being their goalie until their goalie showed up. But really, baseball and softball is what I've learned the most from because I didn't know as much about it. Like I grew up, I you know for high school I was in color guard, so I had to watch every football game to know okay when we're going to be going on first down, when second down, third. Like I know all of those things, but I've learned the most of softball and baseball because I didn't know as much. I went to games because. My brothers were in scouts, so he we went to like the, what was the team? The Zephyrs games. He we went to Zephyrs games all the time when they were, you know, alive and doing things. But, I mean, those are my two that I'm like, huh? If I'm getting it, so, golf. Don't ask me. No. Do not ask about golf.
1: So our main man I'm Doyle so, Westbrook no. that hit us up on Facebook, talk a little golf. Can't do that for him today, right?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> sure, you could catch Doyle over at the farm in a little while, knocking the cover off the ball. I, what what sport is just no besides golf for you? Bad, you don't say much about basketball. Are you still in in that learning process when it comes to hoops?
2: Yeah, my uh, fiance actually growing up, he actually got a tattoo on his shoulder that's of uh, Michael Jordan because they called him White Jordan. Um, so like, I'm learning, but like. It's just not. I don't. I don't get basketball as much. I don't get the hype. I'm not. There's. Uh, I don't not understand. Your not your thing. No. thing. Okay. That's Cause fair. Because there's that whole thing of. Do you like a team or do you like the player? I don't know. They play. They play the ball. <laughs> so <laughs> not a Pelicans stuff. fan. Not. Not exactly. Is no. Is the
1: fiance still a basketball guy? Is he, is he still he's, follow hoops?
2: He's somewhat, but he's all up in you know. LeBron James is behind, and I'm like, dude, he's not that great. <laughs> I watched him. So most annoying telegram. fan
1: base could be you, – you could probably say LeBron, right? Oh, yeah. That, I think most that would be a fair is, statement. Is,
2: yeah, it's LeBron James fans. Yeah. LeBron James points. fans yeah. are annoying. Mm-hmm. He's just not that great anymore. Anymore? Yeah. Okay. He may have been at one point, but he's not that great anymore.
1: Got it. Got it. You know what is annoying, though? We're going to have to take another break and wrap up this hour. But we still have a ton of fun left. we got one whole hour left to go. And in that hour, we're going to talk – most annoying fan bases still because I need to hear from you guys but also Nick Fontenot is going to join us at 815 and we're going to work on cashing tickets and putting money into your pocket so don't go anywhere stick right here for tons of fun still to be had on the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros
0: Everything
6: gonna be all
0: right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer Extraordinaire Hannah Five Names and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts Third, better known as RP Three.
1: Welcome back into our number three of three for R three and Com- RP three and company on a Friday morning. I didn't have any coffee yet, Hannah. I'm your guest host, Blaine Vietar, filling in for our guy, Raymond Porsche Third. And, of course, if you wanted to be so brave to watch us on the simulcast, you could hit us up on the Stadium 32.3 and on 133 on LUS Fiber. And, of course, if you want to join us in, especially on our poll question, most annoying fan bases, you could always hit us up on the game hotline at 337-706-0111 and – we actually have somebody on the hotline now. We're going to head right out to them. We got Matt wants to talk most annoying fan bases. Matt, how are you on this Friday morning?
9: Doing great, bud. Uh, I want to preface what I'm going to say with every fan base on the planet has annoying fans, 100%. right? 100%. No matter where you go, there's always that group that, that kind of tries to ruin it for everybody. As an LSU fan, I've traveled all through the SEC. I've gone to every visiting stadium and. Usually it's a great time no matter where you go, whether it's Ole Miss, Georgia, uh, you know, Tennessee, whatever. Great places, great venues, always have a good time. Until you get to the Swamp, oh my goodness, the most annoying fan base, people that think that they've won a national championship every year and they haven't been relevant since Tim Tebow. But for some reason, they still think they're a top five program. And they let you know it when you get there. Even going to Alabama, hey, give them their props, right? They're they're at the top of their game every year. So okay, I can deal with that. You 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 win every year, no problem. But when you go to Florida, you swear that they were Alabama, and they are even the adults. I'm not talking to college students. The adults treat you like garbage when you get there. So. Did Florida a couple of times, so I'd never go back, and I haven't been back.
1: Matt, we know all about the Florida fan base, you know, wearing the uh, jean cutoff shorts and whatnot. Give us a little insight. What was the worst experience that you had over in Gainesville?
9: Oh, probably having food thrown at me five minutes after I got there. <laughs> just walking. Just, just walk and, look, we have – you know, usually we have friends at every – every uh stadium right so because they come to lSU and we feed them vice versa so we're heading to the tailgate out of nowhere hot dog comes fine I'm like okay wait you know you, you can't you can't lose it number one you're old now you can't swing like you used to and number two you don't want to go to jail in Florida so you just got to keep walking right but yeah that you know it's like Come on, man. Are you serious? Luckily, there wasn't chili involved. It was a plain hot dog. <laughs> uh, but still, yeah, you know, had it been chili, I probably would have been in jail. But it was a plain hot dog, so I had to keep walking.
1: Well, Matt, we're super glad you didn't go to jail that day, and we appreciate the call today. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, my friend. You too, brother. Take care. I've heard the stories about Gainesville. I've never been over down in the swamp myself, but I've heard numerous stories about fan bases being a little, let's call, aggressive there. But I, I agree that every fan base really has, um, you know, a, a certain number of, of folks that like to ruin it for the rest of us. And we have another individual who likes to join us on the game hotline. Let's head out to Paul. Paul, how are you on this Friday morning?
8: Uh, it's, it's pretty glorious. It's okay. It's, it's, it's the weekend. So, I mean, I like this topic about this fan annoying thing, you know. <laughs> who? Our- I got I got to give you mine, and it's in this order. Number one is them cowgirl fans, <laughs> the most annoying of on this planet Earth and Mars, every planet there is. And I'ma go number two is them red ugly socks fans. Third, that's starting to be there is them Astro fans. Fourth, LSU fans. The and I'm not a LSU hater. But they got too many that's Kyle girl fans and they're delusional just like cowboy fans about LSU Tigers. And I support LSU. It's just the fans, they're delusional.
1: Is that the biggest frustration for you is when fans are delusional?
8: Oh, yeah, they're very delusional and annoying. Because you know why? They feel, if you ever know the LSU fans and cowgirls have this, in, well, all four that have this in common. Every year they're going to win the championship. And they do not believe where they do not see that the team not going to win. You're not good. But every year, they're going to win. Astro fans, what makes them delusional, it's not about them winning the World Series. It's about that cheating championship they won. Everybody, wanna, everybody say, oh, they won the championship, but they keep leaving out they cheated to win that championship. They cheated. They leave that cheating part out. And they feel that they're gonna win and they're all they're better than the Yankees, you know, like they arrived. They didn't arrive. That's my top four, Blaine. That's well, my top four.
1: Well, Paul, uh, I, I appreciate uh, the call today, my man.
8: I, I hope
1: you have a wonderful weekend.
8: Yep, go Yankees. Have a blessed one.
1: Well, Paul, I could say that uh, it might have a little bit to do with you know the Astros knocking off the Yankees, it seems, in every postseason, and they're going 5-2 and two against them so far this season. And oh, by the way, on that championship run, they hit for a higher average on the road against your Yankees, than they did in the friendly confines of Minute Maid Park. I just had to throw that out there, but I do agree on a lot of aspects with him, and I, I know all fan bases can have annoying, but it seems like the common common ground that most people are getting here are the cowboys have a lot of hate for the cowboys and a lot of hate for the red Sox, a lot of hate for the yankees as well as all philadelphia <laughs> if you're from philly no brotherly love for you no, especially those eagles and uh of course we you know matt calling in with the florida gators as well
2: i think if we had to put down ones i could probably guess them to have foot bring them on i bet foot would say that for nfl it's going to be the the yucks to the Buccaneers. Um, he I might would, say the 49ers, too. though. He might say that, too. It's like a tie between the yucks and the cheaters. Um, but, of course, it's probably going to be the Yankees. And as of now, the A's because they you know, they swept the Astros and they shouldn't have. But I think it's definitely going to be the Yankees for MOB I'm not sure. He doesn't really care for basketball. He's going to give up basketball because it was too much for his heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, so, I, yeah, I, I'm sure you know. Uh, you could follow it up with footnotes after this. I'm sure Kevin will chime in, and I I could see him maybe going 49ers over the uh, over the Bucks, but I, I, uh, I the Yankees will be up there for him. Um, yeah, I, I'd be interested to hear what he what he says from a from a major oh, yeah. league perspective.
2: Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to make sure he gives up his – I know he's listening right now. He's awakening in his car. He's listening. So. You probably will bring it on in the very first segment. I'll go, aha, <laughs> we were right.
1: Well, we appreciate both calls that we had from uh, both Paul and Matt. And you too can join us on the game hotline at 337-706-0111 and get in on the fun. It seems like this has been a, a topic that people have a lot in common in. And, and it's interesting. I, I, I prefaced it saying that, you know, being – I'm an LSU and an Astros homer. And I know that, you know, both fan bases could be a little annoying – um especially LSU uh, I get that and you know Paul was able to echo that a little bit but as Matt said every single fan base on the planet has fans that are uh, could be frustrating at times and ruin the fun for you and I've been to some you know uh tailgates that LSU gets a little out of hand as well we're going to head over to the game hotline once again and we're going to bring on Martin Martin how are you
4: uh, you know I was going to be calling back after <laughs> that Yankees fan just called in. We, nah. are, you, are you calling what in with your sense. transfer
1: request, Martin? Huh? Are you calling in with your transfer
4: request? Oh, heck no. <laughs> I will never. That could be the last baseball team on the planet Earth, and I will never, ever support that team. Now, what makes Yankees fans so annoying that gets underneath my skin is every time, and he didn't do it, and I was about to text him, every time they bring up, a oh, 27 champions, 27 champ, It's like nobody cares about your 27 champions. I mean, go we'll tell that to the mirror. I mean, because that's probably the only person that cares is you. Nobody cares about your 27 championships, okay? What have you done for me lately? You ain't won nothing. You ain't won now. Nah. There is a group of fans out there that I consider a little bit more annoying than Yankees fans, and and you know who that is? Who's that? Conor McGregor fans. <laughs> I cannot stand people that support that Irish whiskey drinking, no good, son of a gun. Conor McGregor, they are the most annoying fan bases that there is that walk dirt. Because we all know that Dustin Poirier, the diamond, is the best fighter in MMA these days. And that's all I got to say about that. Thanks for taking my call and go Red Sox.
1: Martin calling in twice. He he has to let you know how much hatred is in his heart for these New York Yankees. He ain't going to let it slide. He's going to come at you if you try to come at his Bo Sox. And uh, he he had to let them know. No transfer no transfer portal needed right there from Martin. He's going to stick with his Bo Sox and all the errors that they're making this year. Last place in the division, Boston Red Sox. Uh, I, I think uh, those two guys, uh, they, they're very strong and passionate about their, their fandom.
2: Oh, yeah. And they see each other almost every day because Paul works for... The post office, so he goes and he sees Martin all the time because he always has to deliver to Martin at his job. Oh man! So they constantly go back and forth, and they bring it to the air as well.
1: Well, Martin, man, that must have been <laughs> a fun conversation last week or earlier this week with the twenty-eight to five loss. Oh yeah, that must have been. Uh, I bet you he was waiting there. Paul was at uh, ear to ear, grinning, waiting for Martin to show up and drop the mail that day.
2: Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I actually watch uh, John Boy on YouTube. One of my one of the people we usually watch for baseball, and we watch the whole like breakdown of the whole game. And I watch the the pop fly, and I watch it fall, and I go, "It's right there, bud." So,
1: did you you're see the, the field catch it? Did and- you see Mancini's in the park home run yesterday? No. <laughs> did get- outfielder went uh, uh, to, you know it was a fly ball to to right field. It looked like the uh, right fielder had a beat on the ball off of missed it off of his head. <laughs> Inside the park home run for Trey Mancini, who a lot of people think will be moved at the deadline, so that might have been his last game at home in Cannon Yards.
2: It's just unbelievable. Like I'm like, you see the ball. You're on the field. Catch it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it was John Boy that did a, you know, a video last night or earlier this week about just the atrocious fielding, not only just for the Red Sox, but just in baseball this year, it seems oh, yeah. like it's errors that happen at a higher clip, and uh, it's it's wild, very wild. You know what's also wild? What? Nick Fontenot, joining us wild. after the break. <laughs> and uh, he's going to let us know just how he plans to spend his money this weekend and what you can do with yours to see how we could cash some tickets and make some coin together. So don't go anywhere. Stick with us right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <laughs>
0: tired of having your pockets emptied out due to bad sports bets 20 hit me
4: 21 hit me 22
0: listen up because it's time to take down some notes and get paid with advice from semi-pro gambler nick fonteneau i get so
8: nervous when i gamble i'm so silly
0: here is cashing tickets on 1037 the game acadiana's sports station simulcast on stadium 32.3
1: Welcome back into a Friday edition of RP3 and Company. I'm Blaine Viator filling in for Raymond Pars the 3rd, but we had to keep something else consistent for you on a Friday, and that is to bring on none other than our favorite degenerate Nick Fontenot, for cashing tickets. Nick, how are you on this Friday morning?
10: I'm doing great, man. This is the duo that uh, KTN didn't know they wanted, but they got anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Katie and now we're gonna be in the hottest request. You know, Raymond's gonna be getting you know calls all week for Blaine and Nick segments.
10: <laughs> hey, don't don't sleep on us, man. We're we're <laughs> we're, 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 a, we're a dynamic duo
1: for sure. And and let's be dynamic and try to put together a few tickets going into this weekend. First off, what what is usually your play? What what is your favorite type of bet? Um, on a day-to-day basis, are you a no-run first inning kind of guy? Are you a parlay kind of guy? What, what kind of tickets are you trying to put down for us today?
10: Yeah, I like I like the no-run first inning. It's it's fun and electric. I like to get those in sometimes, but I lose on those a lot because I just I pick the wrong team to go uh, to, to not get a run and they'll get it. So I, I try to avoid those mostly. I, I li- I'm a group chat guy, and, and most and most guys who bet have a group chat. And so we get in the group chat and we just throw in our our best picks. What's our best pick of the day? Uh, what's everybody got? And we we'll do a little parlay or we'll talk about it and try to try to get it in. So the the group chat can kind of can kind of win or lose you some money. And uh and here in the summertime it's been it's been kind of lucrative. The guys in the group chat are throwing out some good picks, and I'll usually just tell those guys and. Most times they'll uh, avoid my picks, and it's probably a smart move for them to do that.
1: The group chat is on fire. I'm sure they talk you off of picks as well as talk you into picks that they shouldn't from time to time. The no run first inning thing. Going back to that real quick, kind of reminds me of quarter horse betting. You got to break well. You got to just stay the course. It's fast. It's quick. It's ugly. You try to get done as quick as possible. And I I kind of like that a lot. <laughs> It's a lot of fun because it's so stressful and so and so quick. I, I'm gonna give you one that I really like: no run first inning, Nick, and I'll, I'll let you chime in on that. I like Mets Marlins tonight, no run first inning. Um, I, I just you know the Marlins ace Sandy uh uh Alicantre. Alicantre, I'm sorry, <laughs> he you know he's been the best pitcher in baseball over the last 18 months. Probably uh, he's he's dynamic. He he'll hold down a, a Mets lineup, I feel, and, and the Marlins are so uh feast or famine. I mean where well, they just finished going damn near thirty innings without scoring a run. So so give me that for no run first inning to start out our conversation.
10: I definitely like Alec Contra. I usually and, and that's what I was talking about talking to Ray earlier in the week. I bet pitchers. I don't bet teams. I don't care who's playing. I don't care if it's a bad team against a, a, a great team. I'm betting the pitcher, and Alec Cantor's definitely one to, to put money on. We did we did a little bit of research on no-run first inning uh, in, in my group chat earlier in the season. Because I was, at the beginning of baseball season, I was betting a lot of no-run first innings. That was like my go-to bet. And uh, we were losing a lot, so we did a little bit of research. It seems like most games score run <laughs> in the exactly. first inning. Just I, I think it's only like 30% <laughs> like,
1: or 20-something percent. Yeah. It's It's a <laughs>
10: horrible bet. Correct. It feels like the pitches would have the advantage, right? It always feels like the pitchers have the advantage. But for some reason, that's the top of the lineup in, in most teams, you know, that's going to be the ones that score the runs, and those who no don't run first innings. They lose more often than not. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I love the bet, and I bet it a lot. But, man, most games actually score a run in the first inning, so it's a really bad bet.
1: Well, how, how are we going to put together a ticket today to, to cash money for, for our good folks in southwest Louisiana?
10: Man, I like I like the Alicantra bet, and the, the group chat. You know, they're, they're some degenerates, so they they uh they stay up a little bit late. They're not quite awake yet, so they haven't ever thrown their picks in just yet. But uh, we can take a look at the board. I, I like Alicantra. Um, I usually bet. I usually put him in a parlay, no matter who he's playing. Now, you know, the the Marlins are going to lose sometimes, but but I like to, I like to throw him in there. Plus, I just hate the Mets, so so we can we can throw that in there. Uh, let's see what else we got. Man, look. The Yankees won on a walk-off last night against the Royals and Garrett Cole's on the mound at a minus 400. I'm actually going to take the Royals plus 320 now. That that's a play that's like, you know, maybe you don't put a full unit on it. Whatever your whatever your unit is, maybe you go a half unit or maybe even a quarter unit cuz that's that's a that's a long shot, right? Garrett Cole on the mound, the Yankees just got swept by the by the Mets in the Subway Series. They won last night on a walk-off. They're feeling good. But if you wanna like make some money, that's how you do it. You try to pick those spots where that underdog is gonna come through. I like the Royals plus three twenty to win that game against the Yankees. So that's just like kinda of, kind of a fun play. You're not really expecting it to come through, but if it does, you're feeling pretty good.
1: I'm gonna give you one. I'm gonna go twins Padres, late night action, first pitch, not till eight forty PM. I'm gonna take the Padres with a money line of minus one twenty. Blake Snell has been struggling, you know, former Cy Young winner, but he gave his best start last time out against the Mets. And this is a Twins team that's on a two-game slide. They, they might be reeling a little bit. And I, I think this is a good opportunity maybe for the Padres to jump on them at, at a decent price at minus 120.
10: I like that one, too. And, you know, this kind of goes against my my philosophy for, for you because you're an Astros fan. And so I don't bet on my teams. I try, I try never to bet on my teams because it gets too emotional. And I don't want – I don't want to bet for them because I don't want to get extra mad at them, and I don't want to bet against them because I'm definitely never going to pull for them. But the Astros right now have the Mariners number. I mean, they won. They won, they swept them when they went to Seattle. They won last night. Verlander's on the mound today. It's minus 172, so that's not that expensive. You'd expect the Verlander line to get up into 200. Minus 172. Astros at home, that's a really good bet. I might actually, That might actually be my play of the day. I might put that in the group chat, Verlander minus 172. I love that play today.
1: Yeah, Verlander gone is going to be awfully tough at home, and it seems that Alex Bregman's starting to get going. That's going to help protect, protect Yordan Alvarez, who's been ungodly. That's going to bring me to, to my pick. I'm going to say give me Yordan Alvarez for over one-and-a-half bases. That seems okay, so like they, a give me. So
10: you like the props? Like
1: the oh bets. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if we're gonna be degenerates, Nick, we're gonna go all in <laughs> and be true degenerates. I, I think prop bets are a lot of fun, especially the home runs. Um, but give me the total basis for Yordan Alvarez over one and a half bases.
10: I, I like that. And if you if you like to bet prop, if you like to do prop bets, then you can do these same game parlays where you put two or three of them in a row, and you can really win some. Uh, some good money that way. So you take, like, maybe, you know, so-and-so to get a hit, maybe, you know, Alvarez to get a hit. You can even mix the match. You can do, like, an Alvarez to get a hit, Rodriguez to get a hit. Get three or four guys in there you think you're going to get a hit and put them together, and their numbers are going to be uh, very, low, very high to get a hit. So it will be, like, minus 320 for Alvarez to just get a hit. But if you combine three or four of them, you can bring that total down and, and make some money on that. So look at those team game parlays if you're a props guy. I'm a props guy, too. I love props. They're a lot of fun. You're never out of it. You guys just have to come up and get a hit, hit to win. So, I, I like your Alvarez bet. I actually like Alvarez a home run today at plus 290. So, there, there's some money to be made on that basketball
1: game. Uh, he's due for a home run, right? He hadn't homered in, That's right. in a game. So, he's due. That's the kind of streak That's that right. Yardon Alvarez is on right now. And it, it seems like whatever the hand was bothering him, it seems to be a little bit better. Started the game last night with a double in the first. So, I, I think Yardon is right in the wheelhouse to get it going. Um, I, I want to look a little bit on the future side, though. And a, a popular bet right now is the landing spot for Juan Soto. Um, is that the kind, Do you ever look at something like that, or um, do you not play those, those kind of you know tr- trade meal rumor type bets?
10: I don't because exactly what you said—it's it's rumors, and you can really get sucked in. I remember uh, in 2018 for the NFL draft, there was a future that Baker Mayfield was going to be the first overall pick. And it right when he right when he made the pick, right whenever the Browns announced it, his line went from like plus twelve hundred because he was nowhere in the conversation for first pick, all the way to minus six hundred. So the rumors, the whole the whole week were like Sam Darnold and Saquon Barkley were going to be <laughs> the number one pick, and then right at the last minute when it actually happened, Baker Mayfield was the first overall pick, and so that kind of turned me off to any of those futures or rumors bet. I will say. But I do think Soto going to end up with the Cardinals. That's where I think he's going to oh. go. But I'm not. I'm not putting any money on it. You could get
4: plus seven hundred on that right now. Nick. I don't, don't,
1: like really right don't want to talk you into it, but you could get plus seven hundred <laughs> on, on Soto to the Cardinals. If you if you like that, that's some that's some strong money that that could be had in that particular spot.
10: Well, here's here's the deal. As a gambler, I'll just say this: I'm easily persuaded. So now. <laughs> <laughs> You've piqued my interest, and I'm paying attention. So I may try to look into that plus 700. I, I didn't know it was going to be that good to get that payout. I might have to, I might have to throw some cash on that.
1: Yeah, I, it's interesting. I mean, of course, the Mets and Yankees lead the way, and then the Giants and Dodgers right below that. And then the the Cardinals kind of fall in a mix between the Blue Jays and the Mariners. Uh, I, I think that uh, that's not a bad, bad play there. I, I think uh, it, it would make me absolutely sick if he ends up with the Dodgers or the Yankees. I'll say that. Um, the Giants are an interesting spot. You know, that's a team that's really battling to see if they're going to want to be buyers and be be contenders down there in the West, especially with the Padres. You know, everybody's waiting for them to heat up, you know, when Tatis returns as well.
9: See, Blaine,
10: this is not going to work long term because, see, when I talk to Ray, we just talk about picks. I give my picks and then we move on. You're actually talking me into picks? <laughs> this, this, this could be an expensive proposition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the wife's going to say no more radio with Blaine <laughs>
10: no. No, if, if, if Blaine's on you can't go on just shut it down
1: I like it I like it what so you do you usually put together a ticket you know with with multiple games or are you betting the games head up
10: well it, it all depends like I mean there's some days I don't bet like seriously like if I'm looking at the board and there's there's nothing that matches up or there's no good pitchers on it I'll just sit it out because you know the, the idea is to make money and look Your average better. I mean, I'm not anywhere near a professional. I'm I'm losing. I'm losing bets. Like I'm doing it for fun. I'm not betting anything that I can't afford. But but the idea is to try to win this money. And so you're looking at the board sometimes, and there ain't nothing up there, man. Just take the day off. Like sometimes you just gotta sit it out. Now when football season rolls around, there's not a whole lot of days off. Like I I'm betting that Tuesday night mat game. I'm betting the Thursday night game. I'm betting everything. But for baseball, man, it's very easy to just, you know what, it's a it's a random Thursday and there ain't any, any games worth betting. Just sit it out. But for the most part, I'll put together my parlay and then I'll try, to, I'll try to pick a spot here and there. Like that Verlander game today is just staring at me right now in the face. I'm probably going to take that one. But, you know, last week I liked the Mariners in game one uh, because were, Houston had played the two against the Yankees, flew across the country, and then they, they beat the Mariners. So I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to give you another one I like today, and that, and that's the Milwaukee Brewers minus 165 against the Boston Red Sox. And uh, we just mentioned the Brewers took two in a row from the Twins and kind of put a little bit of distance now, three games up uh, between them and the Cardinals, the team that you just mentioned for Juan Soto. And look, the, the Red Sox, there's no secret. They're reeling a little bit right now. You know, they're 5-15 and 15 in their last 20. Um, they're, they're struggling. They're 17 games back now in the AL East. Uh, I, I know you like uh, pitching matchups, and you gotta like the pitching matchup there. You're getting Brandon Woodruff taking the bump today, and I know his season was off to a little bit of a starter, a uh, slow start, but he's been pretty good lately and been on the the strikeout train uh, as he was just last season. And, and of course, Boston's gonna throw in Brian Bello, making it just his fourth uh, fourth league. Big league start today, and and the twenty three year old rookie uh, seems like a a lot to like with the Brewers. Again, getting good money odds right there, only minus one sixty five.
10: I, I like it. And if you're if you're talking about strikeouts, I like betting strikeouts too. Like that's that's another prop. Sometimes you can bet the hitters to get a hit or the hitters to to hit home runs and stuff like that. You can bet pitchers to get strikeouts. Shohei Ohtani is always a great strikeout bet. He's always like over seven and a half, over eight and a half. And he last night he struck out nine and. The, in a loss. So, he, you know, he's he's a good strikeout pitcher. We're talking about Woodruff, he might be a strikeout pitcher. There's, man, there's money to be made all over the place with baseball. People sleep on baseball. Once once summer hits, they'll kind of put the betting to a rest and not really bet a whole lot. But if you really look at the board, really get deep into the board and in these bets, there's a lot of fun to be had during baseball season.
1: So I, I'm going to take your line of thinking, right? The the Yankees, you, you're taking the, the Royals, you know, after they had tough luck loss last night. They're kind of getting back in the thing of thing, uh, the swing of things. I'm going to take the Braves today as well, minus one and a half runs against the Diamondbacks. They just, you know, the Braves are, are looking to turn things around. They had a tough series loss to the Phillies on the road. Um, they, they're going to return home and they get to face the Diamondbacks, who are, I mean, let's be honest, just not very good. Uh, Madison Bumgarner is going to be on the bump today for for the D-backs, but I mean, he's not the same, you know, Mad Bum that we were seeing. Um, much early in his career I think this is a a Braves team that needs a win and wants a win and I mean Matt Olson might be one of the hottest hitters in baseball as well so um, give me the Braves minus one and a half
10: I love it I mean I'm a Braves fan so I that you know the the Mets the Mets have been hot lately and the Wheaton Yankees kind of hurt us in our quest to try to take over the division so the Braves need to get some wins speaking of the Mets You know, I will never admit this to anyone, Hannah, if you could turn this down a little bit when I say it, but that Edwin Diaz uh, hatred with with the trumpet.
1: Oh, man, it's lit, Uh, huh?
10: (laughs) As a a Braves fan, I will never admit it. If anybody says that I said this live on the air, I will totally deny it. But that is is a great moment when he comes out with the trumpet.
1: I like it. Wrapping up right now (laughs) with Nick Fontenot, our favorite degenerate of all the degenerates. I, I want you to give us one futures bet for football right now whether it be nfl or college just something that you like um it could be an over or under win total or you know a, a playoff uh bet but who, who's what's a bet that you like on the football side all
10: right this is the one this is like the one i'm like i'm putting 10 times my normal unit on this future bet like this is the this is the mortgage whale play of the year that's like guaranteed hit. it is saints over eight and a half wins uh, they, they they are guaranteed for seven wins. All they gotta get is two more Saints over eight and a half wins for the season. That's the one that you just bet everything on.
1: Love it. I absolutely love it, Nick. I appreciate you joining us, my man. We're gonna catch up real soon.
10: All right, man. Thanks, Mike.
1: Take care. I love it too. Eight and a half wins. What he didn't tell you though, he said ten times his normal unit, Hannah. His normal unit's only like fifteen cents. So <laughs> We love Nick. Nick, thanks for joining us, man. We had That was a lot of fun. We still have a lot of fun to be had. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to come back to our most annoying fan bases and take your calls right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 29th, 1986, a New York jury rules that the NFL violated antitrust laws, but only awards the USFL $1 in damages. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: The Game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with our latest Astros Weekend Getaway. The red hot Houston Astros take on the Baltimore Oreos on Saturday, August 27th, and you can be there. Register in the Game Clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. The Astros Weekend Getaway are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Hotel downtown, and the Game Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back into to RP3 and Company. I'm Blaine Vietar, filling in for our good friend, Raymond Parks III. I hope he's having a wonderful time after working so hard and being on the road these last two weeks. Hannah and I holding it down over here in the game studio, having a great time. We just chatted up with our guy, Nick Fontno. gave you all the winning picks you needed for today, this weekend, as well as this upcoming football season. And if you have any of your own, we'd love to hear you chime in. We'd also love to hear you chime in on most annoying fan bases, our poll question of the day. And you can do that on the game hotline at 337-706-0111. And, of course, if you can't call in, your boss is watching you, just head over to the Twitter machine and hit us up on game underscore Louisiana and let us know who you think is the most annoying fan base around. So far, it's been a lot of Yankees, a lot of Bo Sox, and Cowboys, probably the top three. Also a lot of a lot of chatter for Philadelphia area teams as well as Notre Dame Golden Domers. Surprised we hadn't got any high school chatter on that too. You know, high school football down here, real big. A lot of schools don't like other schools. Huh. Interesting if, you know, anybody has some thoughts on that.
2: I tell you mine is North Shore High because I went to Slidell High. Slide Dale High. Yeah.
1: Home of Matt Forte.
2: Yes.
1: Yes. You probably graduated way after him, I'm guessing.
2: Yes. 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 2017.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) Man, that's almost 15 years after I graduated, Hannah. It's
2: fine. Don't age me.
1: Don't age me.
2: It's fun aging Ray. Aging Ray is fantastic.
1: Oh, it's easy, huh? Oh, yeah. It's a book that writes itself.
2: Because, let's see, I think there's three months between when he turns... You know, he turns 44, I think, this year, and I turned 24, so there's like 20 years between him and I. (laughs) But there's like a little small chance where I'm like 19 years younger than him, and then I turned 24, and he goes, all right, back to 20 years again. I said, you're welcome.
1: Well, one thing I do want to talk to you about, since you're teasing me about age and whatnot, let's talk about tonight's matchup between the Houston Astros and your Seattle Mariners, of course. First pitch will be 7-10, and you can hear all the action right here on 103.7 The Game. I, I think this is – uh, uh I, I think there's blood in the water, Hannah. Justin Verlander is on fire. The guy – he was throwing 99, a star to go. Talk about age. I'm gonna talk about how old somebody is. My man is worth a 40, throwing mm-hmm. gas. He
2: – he makes me nervous. <laughs> makes you nervous <laughs> because as when we had so, if you look back actually this whole season, the only times that the Astros have won the series against us is when they've swept us, and also they swept us. They had Verlander for two out of three of the games.
1: You know, so it's... Verlander
2: always makes me nervous whenever he play when he's pitching against us. But we also have Ray, which he. Didn't have a great last outing against the Astros. No, he didn't at all. But before that, our entire, before the All-Star break, when we had that 14-game winning streak, some of those games were by Robbie, and he had at least six to ten strikeouts every game, which to me is pretty good. But he did only go for three and a half innings the last outing with the Astros, so maybe it'll be a better match, I think, pitching-wise from Verlander and Ray.
1: Well, look, Robbie Ray is the reigning Cy Young champion in the AL. Let's yes. not forget about that. This year, though, 8-7 and seven with a 3.9 ERA. The ageless wonder who is Justin Verlander, 13-3 and three with a 1.86 ERA. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, look, I remember when the Astros signed Verlander and, and Correa walked, I was – Little, I said, man, we really gonna waste all that money on a guy coming back from Tommy John? We, you know, and it's a bargain. Get my man for twenty-five mil. It's a bargain. The guy is unreal, and he's been so good this year. It, look, opponents are hitting just one ninety-two against Justin Verlander this year. My my guy is like I mentioned, one point eight six ERA. Are you kidding? A whip, a sub-one whip, .88 what is not to like tonight with Verlander on the hill against Hannes Mariners? Astros, of course, 65-35, and 35, first in the AL West, and the Seattle Mariners second in the West. Just, you know, 11 games back at 54-46. and 46. So I, I think uh, a lot to like from Astros tonight. You might think the Astros are the most annoying fan base before I leave. We're going to head out to the game hotline and bring on Greg. Greg wants to talk annoying fan bases. Greg, how goes it on this Friday morning?
8: Hey, uh, pretty good. I'm enjoying your show. Uh, I'm a Mississippi guy down here, in business, but I wanted to call and say uh, one of the more uh, arrogant fan bases is LSU baseball. Uh, you know, in Mississippi, we got the last two national champions, but LSU had won in 2009, and it was kind of interesting. I went down, actually, to uh, Southern Miss when they went to Southern Miss and the talk was LSU was going to take over uh, Hattiesburg and stuff, and they let Southern Miss come back from behind and beat them and knock them out, you know, and they hadn't won a title in so long. I don't know. uh, I think we've even passed them in Mississippi with Ole Miss and Mississippi State winning the title the last couple years.
1: Appreciate the call, Greg. Thank you, I I, I, Look, I, I said opening the show, I'm an LSU fan, but I can understand LSU fans would be annoying. And what my rebuttal to Greg's going to sound a lot like the New York Yankees, right? And there are 27 titles. But what have you done for me lately? Six championships, though, for the LSU Tigers. And most likely, especially with the uh, ad of uh, Paul Skins uh, yesterday, this is going to be the number one loaded roster in the country going in. To that 2023 season, you still have Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, as well as Tommy Tanks coming to Baton Rouge. But, yeah, you know, a little arrogant. I remember um, there was a lot of talk going into that series against Southern Miss, especially after LSU uh, found itself in the catbird seat in the winner's bracket that, hey, look, we're going to host a super. We're going to Omaha because when Miami lost, and as Greg pointed out, All that uh, didn't happen when LSU's bullpen faulted against Southern Miss. And, of course, the Ole Miss Rebels, hotter than a 45, came through and won the national championship with Drew Bianco. um, uh, Coach, excuse me, Coach Bianco leading the way, former LSU Tiger, might I add. Interesting, though, LSU baseball, very specific. I could could see how people would think that.
2: All right, so as we've had comments on Facebook, I figure I need to, help us out a little bit. I can't tell you much about golf. I am very sorry about this, Doyle. But, I will give you an update on the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Right now, through 11 holes, we have Sahith So I'm going to say his name. Probably wrong. Is at neg- it's negative 9. It's 9 under par. Is yes, that correct? Yes, yeah. 9 under. <laughs> See, I'm learning things. Uh, we have... <laughs> Tony Fanu, who has yet to start. He's going to start about two hours from now. But he right now is eight under par. We have Taylor Pendrith, who is doesn't start until 1230. He let, is, is, uh, is eight under par. You have Adam Scott, who right now is through eight holes at seven under par. You have Charlie Hoffman, who is at seven under par and go on from there. And then you have the second place. Of the Open Championship, Cameron Young is through nine holes, and he is at six under par.
1: There you go, Doyle. Boom. There you know you go. I, Doyle Westbrook is at the farm right now about to tee off, and he finally got his golf fix, and he's ready to roll <laughs> thanks to Hannah. Five names.
2: A lot of research right there. Getting your golf
1: fix in. So, look, willing to learn is half the battle, Hannah, and oh, yeah. we can appreciate that. <laughs> What we're going to do, we're going to take our last time out of the show. Don't go anywhere, though. When we come back, we're going to put a nice bow on it and send you off for our, your weekend right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back into RP3 and Company. For the last time on this wonderful Friday morning, Kicking off your weekend with us right here on 1037, Lafayette and 1041, Lake Charles the game. Been having so much fun guest hosting, filling in for our guy, Raymond Parsh the third. It was a ton of fun. Got a lot of participation. I love chatting with all the good folks of Acadiana, chiming in on our poll question, most annoying fan basis. Of course, I'd love to get Foot's reaction to that. Here he'll be coming in here shortly. I'm sure he'll let us know. But you guys of Acadiana basically told us. Consensus, NFL, it's either the Cowboys or the Eagles. Major League Baseball, it's either the Yankees or the Red Sox. For basketball, didn't get much votes, but Boston Celtics was somebody we got a couple votes for. And on the college athletic side, we got votes for LSU. We got votes for Florida, um, as well as Notre Dame so we thank everybody for that that was a ton of fun and it's a little something to help bridge the gap right we're so close to football season and i could only gloat about my houston astros taking down the mariners four to two last night in the juice box so much with hannah five names so i very much appreciate everybody calling in and chiming in on the interwebs for our poll question of course you can catch the Houston Astros live right here tonight on 103.7 The Game. First pitch at 7.10. What you can also catch is footnotes right after this show. Mr. Kevin Foote's going to give you everything his takes about Astros trade deadlines and so much more from 9 to 11. Of course, we got the guys Miguez and Mesh are going to come through a crunch time this afternoon. But you'll also be able to catch Matt himself right here on RP3 and Company on Monday. Also want to thank James Yasko of the Lima Time Time podcast as well as Tony Corville, Kencreigh High football coach and Nick Fotno, our favorite degenerate for cashing tickets all for jumping in today and having a ton of fun with us. A lot of a lot of fun. Look, this is a way to kick off your morning, kick off your weekend. We hope everybody has a great weekend out and about as well. We hope the rain could hold off and we could do a lot of fun activities outside. Hannah does not want to get rain in her car. And we also want to just enjoy the outside, maybe do a little grilling, watch a little baseball, have a little fun waiting to come into football season. But that is so, so close. And I can't wait to do those football games with Ben Love over there at Z1059, the Cancrow High Golden Bears with Tony Corville. So... I'm going to sign off for today. Had so much fun with you guys. Thanks for having me. And thanks for allowing me to kick off your weekend with you. Have a safe and wonderful weekend and stay dry.